This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. What a way to kick off the new year. The Epstein court documents are set to be released very soon. They were supposed to come out today. I don't know what's going on with it. The latest reporting from the New York Times that they will come out shortly. And numerous reports state Bill Clinton is expected to be on the list. Now, Aaron Rodgers says Jimmy Kimmel's probably on the list. Jimmy Kimmel got really mad, started uh, going after uh, Aaron Rodgers saying, I have never met that guy. I'm not on any lists. But it's not the list. It's not the client list. It's a list of names related to a, court, a defamation court case. So the name may uh, Donald Trump could be in the court documents. These documents are just part of a defamation suit where there's a bunch of people who may be in the documents. Let's say someone said shortly after I left Donald Trump's party, I, you know, got into a car and looked on my phone and saw that someone had said nasty words about me. Well, that's a name that could appear in these court papers. So don't get your hopes up about several hundred people who are going to appear on this list. But we are expected to learn the, na the names of several associates of Jeffrey Epstein. So it is still a pretty big story. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we got big news, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and the press doesn't like this. Vivek Ramaswamy announced he will not participate in the next debate with CNN because CNN is biased and they're really, really awful. And they said nasty things about him. Instead, we, Timcast, will be hosting a town hall live event. Tickets are, are, are available with Vivek. We're going to be doing the Timcast town hall with presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, at the same time that CNN is hosting their lesser known GOP debates uh, with uh, Nikki Haley and uh, Ron DeSantis. So I, I love this. The media is just absolutely pissed that Vivek is trying to go around them. So, of course, they're smearing him. But he announced this morning and uh, uh, we're going to be next week in Des Moines on the 10th doing a live event on stage with Vivek Ramaswamy as we uh, we talk about the current state of affairs. And there's a lot of interesting stuff that he's uh, uh, talking about and uh, will be talking about. So we're really interested to to have that event with him. It's going to be a lot of fun. But other than that, we're going to talk about a lot of the news today. Uh, my friends, 2024 just kicked off. We already got reports that some dude loaded up a van with explosives and tried crashing into a, a group of pedestrians. So it's getting crazy as it is. Numerous uh, stories have come out from people warning, hey, man, we should we should really consider what's going to happen with this election coming up. Because, you know, a lot of people are concerned about the election itself. November. I mean, we may see terrifying things this summer with riots. Who knows what? Maybe we see nothing. Honestly, I have no idea. But I will tell you this. While we were gone for the break, I talked to a lot of regular people all around uh, in various in the Pacific Northwest, particularly when we went to uh, Alaska and in Chicago, I got to tell you, man, regular people, for one, uh, they like Trump. Uh, I'm not saying everybody does. Obviously, the people who don't like him. But, yo, when I was uh, flying out of Chicago, our shuttle bus driver said that he said this thing, Swift Air, had brought in 140 illegal immigrants on a private 737. And I'm like, that's got to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he said they were lied to. They were told. It was the Blackhawks because and I asked him, I was like, is that because you wouldn't have served the plane if it was if you knew what it was going what was going on? It's like, yep. So they lie to the crew and say, oh, you're going to famous hockey teams coming in. Don't you guys want to go? And they all run out. 
and then find out they just agreed to help facilitate the trafficking of uh, human beings. So it's, it's crazy stuff. We're going to jump into all that, my friends. Before we get started, head over to castbrew.com. Tim Castiarellos, of course, brought to you by castbrew.com, the best coffee you will ever have. You definitely want to pick up your Appalachian Nights, which uh, whole bean, it looks like uh, looks like we're sold out of the whole bean, but we still have ground available. Rise with Roberto Jr. comes in at a close second. Man, people really do love our Appalachian Nights. Say it's the best. At least that's what I'm told. So go to castbrew.com, pick that up, but also head over to timcast.com, click join us. Support our work by becoming a member at TimCast.com because this show is made possible by viewers like you. As a member, you'll get access to our exclusive uncensored show, which will be coming up tonight at 10 p.m., where you can call in and actually talk to us and our guests, as well as join our Discord server where you can hang out with like-minded individuals and uh, express your ideas. The Discord also has their own shows. There's a pre-game show. There's an after-after show. You don't want to miss it. And of course, it's actually the way that you will call in to talk to us and our guests. So don't forget to also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show. It's the most important thing. This show is built purely organically. We didn't do any big paid marketing until last year. And even that is is questionable. We got big all thanks to people like you sharing the show with people uh, that you think should watch it. And I uh, really do appreciate it. So uh, joining us tonight to talk about this and a whole lot more is Andrew Meyer. Howdy, Tim. You want to grab that mic? This mic. Yep. Who are you? What do you do? I'm a right-wing entrepreneur. I just launched the Alex Jones video game at alexjonesgame.com, and it's going to be live on Steam tomorrow. So if you want to see some leftist heads explode, uh, check, check out alexjonesgame.com. Uh, check out him destroying the New World Order in a video game. You will not believe what he gets into, including Epstein Island. Interesting. All right. Well, that's hanging out. We got Phil. He's hanging out. Hello, everybody. My name is Phil Labonte, lead singer of All That Remains, uh, failed musician and uh, anti-communist counter-revolutionary. What's up, man? What's up? Happy New Year. Shane Cashman, writer for Scanner.com, author of the Inverted World book series, GhostOfTheCivilWar.com. Happy to be here. And I am Sir.com, uh, producer of IRL. Yeah, and good to see you guys. Happy New Year. All right, here's the big story, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, there are many big stories, but this is the one that's trending. Everybody wants to know what's going on. From the New York Times, Epstein documents naming prominent figures expected to be re released soon. The documents related to a lawsuit involving Ghislaine Maxwell, an associate of the disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein, are anticipated to include names previously redacted. Uh, some people actually say that she may have been the mastermind, um, but we don't know. We don't know. Epstein appears to be, by all accounts, the mastermind, but she was more than just an associate. She was basically his second in command. They're going to mention court documents are set to be released. This we know we've been waiting a lot for, but there's speculation as to who's going to be on that list. Now, multiple news reports have said former President Bill Clinton will be among those names. In fact, conservative commentators have jumped on. Now, hold on there a minute. What does that mean? Conservative commentators jumped on this because it was ABC and a bunch of other prominent mainstream outlets that reported it. So wouldn't you first say that several corporate news outlets jumped on news that Bill Clinton may be among those named? And then critics of Bill Clinton went, wow, look at that. I love it, New York Times. Uh, never stop being you. They say, uh, although there's no indication that will be in connection with allegations of wrongdoing. And Ms. Jufre has not accused Clinton of any misconduct. His office said in 2019 that he had flown in Epstein's private plane, but had no knowledge of Epstein's crimes. And a spokesman pointed to that statement on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't believe you. Yo, the statements we've gotten from victims that are confirmed to be victims are horrifying. And I don't believe even they, they say that we may learn the names of their housekeepers. I'm like, yeah, lock them up. Housekeepers get locked up, too. 
where if you were a maid for Epstein while he was bringing in young girls so that powerful elites could fly to a private island to rape them and you were cleaning up the mess, you are an accomplice who aided and abetted human traffickers and child exploitation. Yeah, you get locked up too. So if you're going to tell me that Bill Clinton is flying on this plane, you had no idea what was going on. Oh, come on. Of all of the people they could try to claim there's no evidence of wrongdoing. You know, if, if they said Bill Gates, like Bill Gates flew on his plane, but had no evidence of any wrongdoing, we'd all roll our eyes and be like, okay, maybe, but I doubt it. With Bill Clinton, it's like, come on, that guy? We all know what that guy's all about. You think he doesn't know what's going on? I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that he was facilitating it. We'll see. Who, who, who else? What do you guys think? I think it's weird, you know, first of all, when they say the right wing part, because right wing for the corporate press has become a synonym for conspiratorial. No, no. It's just conservative. Oh, it's just conservative. So conservative has become a synonym for conspiratorial, you know, because they're trying to give you that slant because they don't want people to believe who might be on the list or not. But like you're saying with the with the maids and stuff, I just think about those reports that came out years ago about those dental chairs or like torture type chairs that were in these apartments of his in like weird places and weird rooms and who's cleaning up this place, who's not who, who's not reporting all this weird activity of these children. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it coming out, but I'm also not gonna be surprised when people look at it and spin it to support whatever narrative they wanna sell. So they see Trump, they're gonna go with the Trump angle, you see Clinton, they're gonna go with the Clinton angle, and it's gonna become like this- I bet Trump's effect. on it. Everyone's going to be on it. Right. Every I, name will be attached. But I, was, I, I bet Trump's in it and the media is going to go nuts and be like Trump listed in Epstein documents. Anybody that can, anyone that's, uh, you know, from the right that is on the list is going to be the focus from the mainstream media if they talk about it. I do think the mainstream media wants this to, you know, quiet down and go away. Mm -hmm. um, overall, I think it's bad for the establishment because everyone knows that. Jeffrey Epstein was was involved with a lot of people. Look, the guy was a a master networker. Mm -hmm. There's there's rumors about his connections to uh, intelligence agencies. The likelihood of him using Epstein Island, using the island to get dirt on people that are in positions of power, mm -hmm. offering them things that are illegal and then getting, you know, having video or having information about it or whatever, and using that to f not just finance his own, uh, his own lifestyle, but also to use that to influence essentially, you know, movers and shakers in world politics and, and, and big business. Um, there's not an argument, there's not a, an argument about whether or not that is what is going on. It, it's generally a consensus. Gil's Lane, I forgot. I'm probably mispronouncing Gilane. her name. Gilane. Why do we care to pronounce her name right? When I, when I, when I would call yes. her Gislaine, people it's like, like worry about Gilane. her pronouns. You're right. I <laughs> just call her Gislaine from now on. I try to pronounce, Gislane. just because I try to pronounce everything right, but whatever. Yeah. G woman is in, in jail for, G, that's it now. For, She's a government issue um, for, you know, facilitating the the trafficking yes. of human beings to no one, to no one, to no one. <laughs> right. So these things are these things have happened. There's and no matter how many, no matter how the, the media decides it wants to uh, cast this or, or uh, what narrative they want to go with. Yeah. These things are actually true, actually have happened. And I think think that the public might be okay, uh, numb to it. I just, I just gotta, I gotta say this. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Because, you know, it's like, it's it's been the holiday. We've been off for a couple weeks, and I haven't had the opportunity to say Civil, civil War on here for a little while. You know, it's like, just got to get that out. You know, you know that meme where the guy's like sweating his veins popping? That's what it's like. It's like, so, uh, but no, I just want to point out, because I love doing that time travel test where I'm like, imagine you went back in time X amount of years and then explained how X is happening, Y is happening now. I just want to also point out that imagine if you went back to 2012 and got up on stage in front of a whole bunch of people, maybe it's Super Bowl, it's Super Bowl, and you went on stage and said, powerful global elites are involved in child trafficking with multi with multi-billionaires, with former presidents and politicians flying on private islands. They'd be like, get this crackpot out of here. There Conspiracy are, theory. Mm -hmm. There are still a lot of people that will say that exact thing and believe yeah, but, but what they're fine saying. That's fine because they're the crackpots now. Fair. I'm saying... Back then, when Alex Jones is banging on the table and be like, they got planes and they're flying these kids to this island, they were like, this guy's lost his mind. Mm -hmm. He's insane. <laughs> now, you, yeah, I don't know if it's Civil War related or whatever. Just think about how far we've come to where you get in, a, you get in an Uber and you'll be like, oh, did you hear that uh, uh, global, powerful, po political, elite sex trafficking ring is about to have a names release? The Uber driver is going to be like, oh, yeah, I heard that. Uh -huh. yeah. It's, just a, it's just a ubiquitous fact. Yo, go yeah. back to 2012 and tell people that sometime soon after Epstein will happen. The world will shut down. Global <laughs> elites will literally will destroy the world. The world off. <laughs> Boom. And then, and then, like, like you're saying with Epstein talking about that, and it's kind of nonchalant now. Anywhere I go in the world, when I'm getting in a car, I like to talk about how that person experienced COVID and lockdowns. We all have a shared traumatic fear ritual experience. That is wild. Crazy. Wait, wait, wait. When you put it when, like that, it is wild. When was, when was the Epstein stuff exposed? In 2019? Exposed or when did he uh, Well, no, no, the exposure stuff happened a long, like Alex Jones was talking about this 15 Decades years ago. ago. Yeah. But uh, when was it actually that he got, he was getting arrested? What year was that? I don't know. 19, right? Was it 19? Yeah. So. 19 and then he, uh. He, and that's you know, and that's when that's when the cameras shut off. The guards right. fell asleep. That was twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. come on. Yeah, Epstein oh, and the world shut down. And they're just like, yo, hold on, turn everything <laughs> off. We cannot let this happen. At the time of him being in jail, I was trying. I was reporting on a story about a guy who went to the jail for a crazy uh, drug problem. He was a former cop. He went to prison. I'm, I'm writing about it, and uh, he turns out to be the guy who was in the prison cell with Epstein, Whoa. who beat him up. I never, re I didn't ever found a place at that time when I was freelancing to publish a story, but I kept going around being like, this is insane. Not only is that whole story insane with the guy, former cop, like taking four uh, immigrants lives and burying them on a pig farm in New York. Then he got a cell phone in his jail cell. No one knows how he got it. Then he beat up Epstein. Then Epstein was put in that room in yep. a cell where he hung himself. No, no, no. Didn't, wasn't it reportedly that it was reported that his roommate beat him up. Mm -hmm. But then it was changed the reporting that the roommate said, no, I, he hurt himself. He tried He's, to kill himself. He said, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Go look up that guy. I forget his name right now. He's a I just, jack I just, dude. I just, I, come on. I just love it. It's <laughs> like they put Epstein in a cell with this guy who's super ripped. And then and then Epstein makes an attempt. Didn't Epstein like say something like, no, I didn't? I mean, it's been a while. Since I know. I forget all those. But I, the guy was a former cop who was a murderer. I just, I just love how wild it is that like literally no one. I shouldn't say, okay, figuratively, no one believes that Epstein took his own life. But there are, these, there are these corporate press journals who are like, he certainly did. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like Wikipedia says have, There's a video diagram. Like a, someone made a video, like CGI of how he would, how, how they claim he would have done it. 
<laughs> and I saw this clip and I'm like, it is the stupidest thing I have ever seen because the room's so small. Epstein is, well, I don't, what's what's the yoga pose called where you like, you, you, you sit with your legs under you and then lay all the way back down. You know what I'm talking about? So I like, do. I don't know why I'm deferring to Surge. So you're like, you sit on your feet. <laughs> Yeah, you like you're, you you're, bend you're, to the knees and you're sitting on your and um, then you lay all the way back. Yeah, your thighs so, are on your on your calves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, and so like your legs are folded and okay. you're laying back. And supposedly what Epstein did was he laid on the bed that way because the ceiling wasn't high enough, and then lurched forward with his legs bent to jump off the the bed because there was no actual way to hang himself. And they supposedly only had certain type of easily tearaway sheets. Like that, they said he hung yeah, wasn't he wearing with. a smock or something? Uh, yeah. Oh, come on, it. dude. The cameras break. The guards fall asleep. And we're just like, dude, I'm sorry. It, you know, it'd be really funny if Epstein's like in prison. He's like, how can I make this the least believable thing ever? <laughs> and like his plan. And, and then the guards are like, damn it. He got us. You know, he waited till they were sleeping. <laughs> he broke the cameras. Look, I mean, realistically, like even if like whether you believe he killed himself or not, right. kind of doesn't matter because yeah. the reason that he killed himself is because what was going to happen. Right. So like or, or the reason he's dead, mm -hmm. whether he killed himself or whether he was killed by the Clintons. It's not like the, the Clintons. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, everybody knows it. Was, everyone thinks it's Hillary. Um, but it doesn't, but it's not like people in positions of power in governments are are strangers to ordering the the, the killing of human beings. Right. If you're the president and oh, you dude. order a strike, they, you know, you'll carry it out. That is mafioso crap. It's mm -hmm. just that it's polished just, up and made acceptable. Yep. If, if, if you go to someone and say, did you know that Barack Obama secretly ordered the killing of Americans? Yeah. Like they'd be like, shut up, wait a minute. And you pull up on the New York Times. Here you go, read about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. It's not a conspiracy. This no. isn't the New York Times. I mean, maybe the New York Times is lying. I don't trust them. I think the same thing that you were saying earlier. When when Phil was talking earlier, I was thinking it's amazing that now we're twenty twenty four finally, but the people hear things like Epstein, and they know, yeah, there's the people running things, Bill Clinton and Bill Gates. These people that. There are probably tapes of them doing horrible, horrible things. They're compromised. They're blackmailed. The people in power are these sick, sick people, and that that's mainstream now. The, the yeah. Alex Jones was right jar is very full, and everybody recognizes it. So we're an amazing time to be alive, the fact that this is popular consciousness now, and we can move things in a very different direction than well, has gone on for decades. I'm really excited for uh, throwing money into the Alex Jones was right jar as it pertains to fifth dimensional creatures <laughs> and, and the chimeras and the cell phone towers and all that stuff. When that's proven true, I'm going to be like, man, I'm just going to empty my wall and just, just shuffle it all in there. You know, Alex goes on the Joe Rogan show and he's like, they got multidimensional beings that are, you but know, we know the chimeras are out there. We know, we know they're, they've definitely what made was, oddly, what, odd creatures in labs. Yeah, but like, and, and put weird things on aborted fetuses in that, in that was it Philly or they, Pittsburgh? They, they definitely do weird stuff. And I think the issue with Alex is that he does get a lot right. But I think he'll see a story about like chimeras and then he takes like this one small story and then dives so far into it and, and stretches it, you know, to something bigger than it really is. I also know when, when you talk to but Alex, he's right about a lot. It's sometimes it's like there's just so much information that's coming out at once. You got to like narrow it down and then follow that path, you know, because uh, there, there's a lot and a lot of those chimeras. You can look up those the things that they were making out of the fetuses. Uh, yeah, they're weird stuff. Disturbing. Let's 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 pull, let's jump to this story real quick. Here, we're gonna get fun with it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers suggests Jimmy Kimmel will be named as one of Jeffrey Epstein's associates. As the Jets' quarterback jokes, he will definitely be popping some sort of bottle when the list is made public. Let me just pause right there for a second, guys. It's not the list. Okay, the list is not being made public. 
We, we, we wish. It is a defamation lawsuit pertaining to Jeffrey Epstein's goings on. And there are names that were redacted from court documents. But the names will likely include a wide range of people. It's expected Bill uh, Clinton will be on it, maybe even Bill Gates, but we don't know for sure and in what capacity they're being named. And Donald Trump, I believe it's very it's very plausible. In fact, we've already got people chatting saying all they're going to do is they're going to unredact the names of people like Trump and people in the anti-establishment so the media can report Trump named in mm. document. And then the, what, what it actually might be is I was watching the TV and I saw Donald Trump come on and then I went, wow, look, it's Trump. I better call Epstein. And Trump's like nothing to do with any part of the story, but his name's in the court documents, which gives the corporate press enough to lie about. Now, Jimmy Kimmel responded. He said, uh, actually, can we play this? Let's play this clip. Bring it up. Bring it up, Foxy or somebody back there. Seats on it. You have Super Bowl 58. You'll see it. The emblem put on the screen. And then bring up 57 and 56. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out. <laughs> feels like, feels <laughs> like. That's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this <laughs> thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't ah, yeah, <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Alright, obviously a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list and then Jim yeah, so so anyway, Aaron brings up the list and Jimmy Kimmel starts insulting him. So Aaron Rodgers is like, he must be on the list. He must be terrified. <laughs> now, Jimmy Kimmel says, dear a-hole, for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep oh. it up and we will debate <laughs> the facts further in court. Jimmy Kimmel, you can go shove it. Let me tell you, brother. When you rag on Aaron Rodgers in the exact same way, you are not, you do not receive special permissions or qualifications or protections over your own stupid arguments. You put Aaron Rodgers' fa uh, family in danger when you engage in the same public discourse he does. So you know what that means? Danger for you and your family is a normal part of life. Grow up. Stop crying about it. And if you can't handle, handle the heat, get out of the kitchen because nobody likes you. You're on TV because the corporate press puts you there. That's about it. Mm -hmm. But I tell you this. You take someone like Jimmy Kimmel, you take him off his show, forgettable. It's it forgettable. He's the anti-comedy. He's the guy I know him from wearing blackface, right? That's the guy who wore <laughs> a lot of blackface back in the day. That's it. You make a great point, Tim, saying that Jimmy puts Aaron in the same danger that he's accusing Aaron of putting him in. It's what these woke people do. I would say that Aaron would be in more danger. Steve Scalise was shot. I can't remember the last time, I guess Gabby Giffords, but the last time a, a Democrat uh, politician was shot. It's the it's the left-wing wackos that go and assassinate people. Dave Chappelle was attacked by a left-wing wacko. There you go. So this another big story that we got is, uh, we'll, we'll bring up in just a little bit, the Dave Chappelle special, The Dreamer, comes out. And, uh, you know, everybody's talking about his opening joke where he's talking about Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey, and says, you know, he talks about trans people and it's going viral for this reason. But what nobody's talking about is he does a very long segment in his special about how a, a fringe uh, or, or an LGBT person tried to kill him. And I, 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 that's kind of crazy. We watched the special and he's like, this guy jumped up on stage, lunged for me. They said he's got a gun. Someone tries to disarm it, realize it was actually a secret knife. And, and this guy apparently was part of the LGBT community who was offended at what Dave Chappelle had said. And I'm like, yo, this stuff's crazy. So anyway, I, we'll get into all that stuff because we, we, we do have stuff to pull up on the Dave Chappelle thing. But this is the, it's a funny thing about what Jimmy Kimmel does. 
Jimmy Kimmel basically said of his friend and a friend of ours, uh, Dickie Barrett, mm. he said he hoped he would die. Wow. So uh, Dickie refused to get the vaccine, gets fired. And he said he, he's friend, been friends with Jimmy for decades. And, uh, you know, he was he was praising Jimmy Kimmel. But I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Jimmy Kimmel said on his show, it's real simple what you do. The people who don't want to get vaccinated and like that horse pace stuff, you say, get out, you don't get treatment. And the people who get vaccinated, they get the treatment. And I'm like, he's advocating for hospitals kicking out dying people because they don't they because they don't believe in your worldview. Because they don't follow, dude, the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. Yep. I'm wondering if that applies to you must save somebody. Like, would doctors be like, I'm not going to save you? No, I don't have to hurt you. I'm not, I'm not going to hurt you. But I'm not going to save you either. It's just disgusting the kind of person that you have in the corporate world and the corporate press. But I will say, as much as social media has been bad in a lot of ways with like TikTok, the algorithms and all that stuff, at least shows like this can exist and we can call out, we can exist to the extent that we can point out how psychotic Jimmy Kimmel is. And I will tell you the good news because uh, I, I want to ask you guys this about um, your holiday. But uh, I go to Christmas and Thanksgiving was similar to this, but Christmas was wild. And I'm talking with people and they're all saying, I know. Yep. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm getting people being like, what do you think is going to happen in November? Because regular people in the suburbs are now being like, I don't know how this election could even happen. I don't know what's going to happen in this country. And I'm like, I'm glad you are aware to a certain degree that there is something going on because you'll get these trolls on Twitter and they'll be like, nobody cares about this stuff. Regular people aren't, don't care. Go touch grass. <laughs> Homie, I went and touched grass and the people were freaked out. Yep. They're buying gold from Costco. To the point where Costco ran. Was it Costco, right? Wow. Mm. They were selling gold. Oh, and they wow. ran out. People wow. are freaking out over this stuff. But I don't know. What, what, what happened with you guys? When you go uh, home for the holidays, What do, do your normie relatives, are they freaking out? I'm going to New Hampshire. I mean, not really. You know. Yeah, you go to New um, Hampshire. You're going to Free State. Come on. My my. Though not really. I mean, the Free State Project. My family is is in Western Massachusetts. My sister and, and her family and stuff. And while they're not. Uh, you know, they definitely aren't considered right wing. They're fairly normies. Um, there's not uh, a whole lot of attention being paid to the Democrats and and to politics yet. Mm -hmm. So I don't. I, and they're but they're not masking up. You know, they're they're not like oh, you know, make sure you wear a mask to come to yeah. to, to Thanksgiving or, or to Christmas <laughs> dinner. You know. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of people who are like not political junkies, or actually they're they're just apolitical, and but they're noticing all the problems affecting their daily lives or their jobs you know they they can't ignore it. like they, i think they've been asked to accept an unacceptable reality and they're just like something is really off in this world like everything's just off and you know, uh, I, I had a lot of those conversations i think for a long time now there's a good tweet about this i forgot to tweet it he said that wokeness peaked in like 2020 and now it's fading away as mm. people are finally less scared to to speak up with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think what it is, People really did know that something was messed up, but they were scared to speak up because everyone's looking around wondering who's going to be the narc, who's going to who's going to send them to Gulag. Mm -hmm. Now that people are starting to feel more confident with the likes of, you know, uh, our cultural victories and hard numbers and sales and, and declines in the boycotts. Now people are feeling like 
this is the way to go. I yeah. can speak now finally. And they're not scared. And they, they need to continue to speak, right? Like, cause I remember there was yeah. a very small segment of time at, at the very beginning of lockdowns where a lot of us, maybe, maybe you guys, but I felt like the woke stuff was just disappearing. Cause everyone was worried yeah. about like life, right? Well, we're locking down. Well, how are we going to survive? And then it came back in crazy. Well, that was, that story, was right? because of uh, George Floyd. Right. And then, yeah. And that catapulted into a whole new stratosphere of deranged like stuff. And yeah, we're, there's a lot of stuff happening now. It's good, but don't get too confident. Like, keep pushing back. I got a, I got a good one for you guys because uh, I was asked by uh, an extended family member at a family party, how do you sleep at night knowing the things you do? Now, it was not an insult. It was just mm. like, aren't you, don't you like sweat? Aren't you worried? And I was like, I'm, I'm actually the least stressed out because of it. Yes. When I, I was like, let me ask you a question. If you closed your eyes and crossed a busy intersection, would you be scared? You'd probably be crapping your pants. Mm. Yeah, see, I know where the cars are going because I looked both ways. Why yeah. would I be scared? I know, I know what's coming. I know what's happening. I pay attention. So, you know, if we get news that riots are erupting in all the major cities, I, I'm going to know before you do. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually not worried. Yeah, it's funny. I think about that a lot because there was a point in time, maybe a decade ago, I'm, I'm at that point, I'm a teacher and I knew something was wrong, obviously with the, with the college world, something was but I couldn't explain it. I didn't have like a set of language to describe it. And then once yeah. I had a yeah. terminology and like, yeah. I'm like breaking it down, thinking about Marxism, all these things. I'm like, oh, all this is starting to really make sense. And then at that point, 10 years ago, I was definitely depressed. I, I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't get ahead. And I'm, I'm getting like, uh, applying for teaching jobs. They say like white, straight white males can't apply. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? You know, but now I know, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's definitely like we've come a long way as a culture because everyone's talking about the Chappelle one. The, the Ricky Gervais special is also pretty good. It's not as new? good. Yeah, it's not as good as Chappelle, but I really like it. But it's one of the telling things in the, the Gervais special is that he's saying like, hey, to the audience, have you guys heard of CRT stuff? And I'm like, we've been talking about that for a minute, right? But it's like now it's, it's gotten to such a level in the mainstream Netflix comedy special world where it's not surprising to hear Gervais talk about it. But it's, it's kind of interesting to hear him address the crowd as if they never heard of it. You know, now they're all laughing along to his jokes. These are these are giant wins for sure. He, spe but, he specified that in his, his... I think he actually called it critical race theory. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, he, talks, really he, talks, good. He, talks, he talks about a lot of stuff. That, go ahead. No, yeah, no, I was just Sam, saying, it's, Sam, it's really good. Sam Harris is like broken. so broken. Yeah. <laughs> and He's a husk. And it's so well past the point of salvage. Like, yeah. we are at the point now where this... this, this this inflection point happened, I think, last year or two years ago, where woke stuff really started becoming heavy cringe. We saw the Bud Light boycott. We saw the Target boycotts. Sam Harris tried playing this like, oh, no, I'm going to stick with the establishment machine on this one. And he's, he's doubling, tripling, quadrupling down. Every time he just doubles down, it's going to be like 2026. Everyone in this country is going to be totally off all the corporate press BS. And Sam's going to be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's gonna be like dude you go you, there, you go, go be a hermit he's gonna have a big long beard and be like <laughs> just meditate more he just sacrificed all of his integrity in yeah. vile, like it, it's it's fascinating to see but i, I bring him up because it's a good example of regular people who you know you know they know mm -hmm. but were so concerned about being ostracized actually let me pull up his meme a lot see, see if of I people can find are it. very concerned with being ostracized that yeah. was that was that was the main carrot. Yeah, no that, one wants to be called a bad word. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Well, I mean, <laughs> but a lot of people do. By the time that I mean, by the time that had happened, I had already been on the outs with the the right. polite society for you know since like two thousand thirteen was right. the first time that I kind of crossed the line. Yeah, you know, in two thousand, like I have said all kinds of 
unapproved thing. So I was on, I've been on the outs. Like I was, if, if I was canceled, cause I don't think that you can be canceled unless you allow yourself to be canceled until you start behaving like you've been canceled. Yes. But if I was canceled the first time it was in like 2012 or 13 before they were calling it canceled, OG. You, know? you know? So it's like, and that, and I, my entire career yeah. or ha at least half of my career in the music industry yeah. was pushing back against the music industry that was yep. getting more and more and more progressive. So. Yep. Check out this meme. Yep. It's a comic. And the guy says, I have strong opinions. The other guy says, are they based on reality? And he goes, they are based upon how I feel in my heart. Ah. And then his heart says, I'm terrified that if I research and form opinions based on reality, a wedge will be driven between me and my community and I will lose my friends and family. <laughs> yeah. This. Not my heart. And, and I'm wondering, like, who, who's this? This extra fabulous guy is not some right winger or anything like that. These comics are just like Reddit comics that were yeah. there for like a decade. Mm -hmm. But this sentiment is not it's, it's not what people on our side of this culture war experience because we are literally just speaking our minds and starting the political fights. Mm. It is the woke and the default liberals who are living in that reality. And we know it. One of the, the thing that's super important that we need to do, and, and I see a lot of the, I see problems arising on the right now with a lot of people that are, that are Christians and a lot of the religious people. The way that we win is by bringing the Democrats back to their senses and get them making Democrats normal liberals that, that, that you know, 20, 15 years ago, people like Tim would have been or considered themselves Democrats, mm -hmm. get those people to realize that they have been lied to by the progressives, yeah. that the whole uh, progressive project that has been, been the standard narrative essentially for the past 10 to 15 years is not built on the civil rights movement the way that they say it is mm -hmm. it is a totally different philosophy a totally different way of understanding the world a different i mean even a different epistemology a different way of knowing what they know yeah. let's so let's jump to this story from fox news vivek ramaswamy blasts cnn debate over exclusion says only establishment insiders will be on stage. Ramaswamy and former President Trump have announced their own town hall events. I wonder if the Fox News is framing it this way because they're doing their own town hall. I think they're doing a town hall with Trump. So on the 10th of January, Tim Cast will be hosting a town hall event. I don't know if we can call it. it, it it's a live stage event with a live audience with Vivek. And uh, we're still, we're, 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 we're cramming this thing together. Basically what happens is we were planning on being in Iowa for the caucus on the 15th doing a special show. It's a Monday, so it's... Ugh. I don't know why I work so much, man. I'm, I'm out of my mind. It's expensive. It's extremely difficult, but we do it for you. <clears throat> so become a member at TimCast.com because seriously, you should. we have to fly out Tuesday the 9th, right when the show, right after the show finishes, be on a plane to Iowa, and then I got to wake up at 7 in the morning, 6 a.m. Iowa time to record my morning show. And it's going to be tough, but I want to do it. So we're planning this, and we wanted to uh, find some good guests for the caucus. And of course... We, we got to talking to Vivek, who's been on the show a couple times, and uh, ultimately we were like, we could we could come longer and do something uh, for from the 10th to the 15th. So, you know, what we ended up deciding to do is our own live event. We're lucky we were able to get Vivek, and we will be in Iowa with Vivek on stage. Tickets are, are being sold. I think they may be up now. This thing's been rushed together super quick. It's probably going to sell out super quick because there's, there's, there's a very small number of uh, tickets available, and we're going to do our own version. Because I'm thinking to myself, screw CNN, screw their establishment insiders. We're going to do our event. We're going to do it. And so, uh, uh, you know, here's, here's why I bring this up. 
for one, we want we definitely want to announce that we're doing this. It's big news. Vivek is saying screw off. But in the previous segment, we're talking about how the media frames everything. Take take a look at this article from the New York Times. Oh, I love to be included. Thank you, New York Times, for writing about me. Thank you, New York Times, for writing about right wing commentator Tim Pool. <laughs> Vivek said he would instead do a live show with the right wing commentator Tim Pool on January 10th, the night of the debate. I love that. Fox News said Vivek will participate in his own town hall event next week. <laughs> well, OK, maybe they mean his own as in he's the sole guy on the show. Fine. We're basically doing the show live on stage. I believe Luke and uh, Seamus will be with us as well. But uh, you see how the media plays this game. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are the establishment choices. And I think this is why Donald Trump doesn't want to be on those stages. He he knows they're going to set up these debates in a way to prop up GOP and, and political insiders. So surprise, surprise. Same thing for Vivek. Vivek actually announced he wasn't going to do it before CNN even announced who was qualified. So I think it's funny that they say he blasts CNN over exclusion. I think we actually have a, let me pull up Vivek's tweet. And uh, here we go. Here's the official announcement from Vivek. And I'll break down exactly what he said. Vivek Ramaswamy tweets, forget CNN's fake Iowa debate on January 10th, which will be the most boring in modern history. I gotta agree. I look with Chris Christie, we laugh with Vivek, we cheer with Vivek, Ron and Nikki. You get an interesting establishment versus anti-establishment dynamic dynamic with just the two of them. They're going to they're going to be like, well, Nikki, I agree with everything you just said. And then it's going to be like that Futurama joke where do you guys remember this one? Uh, uh, was it uh, the two clones? And he's like, I think your tax proposal goes too far. <laughs> well, I think your tax proposal doesn't go too far enough. It's just so boring. But anyway, he says, we'll do that show with Tim Katz and said we won't hold back. Here's the backstory on CNN shenanigans. On December 13th, CNN disgracefully cut short its own Iowa town hall with me after I correctly pointed out uncomfortable truths about January 6th, which CNN instantly dismissed as conspiracy theories. On December 14th, CNN then threatened my campaign on the phone with a cease and desist and had YouTube black, uh, black out the town hall after it got 200,000 plus views on YouTube in a matter of hours. Yet Nikki Haley's CNN town hall was still about for six months. 68K total views. Sad. Ha. Later on the 14th, CNN notified my campaign that multiple qualifying polls, which the RNC used for each of the RNC debates, mysteriously wouldn't count for CNN's fake debate in Iowa on the 10th. CNN's media, uh, uh, CNN senior media reporter Oliver Darcy wrote a newsletter that castigated my, his own network for allowing me to infect the public with his conspiracy campaign. Oliver Darcy, you are an evil person. I hope you know this because I've, I've, I've known Oliver Darcy for a long time. I have, I have met him in person on numerous occasions. We know many of the same people, but this is the, the Oliver is an example of, of malicious evil, malicious evil. Cause I will tell you, uh, Vivek is actually playing nice when he says January 6th looks like an inside job. The fact is January 6th was an inside job. That is a fact that is not in dispute. The only reason the media is pretending there's a dispute is because they're lying to you. Case in point. Capitol Police officers escorted the shaman through the building to help him locate the Senate chambers and then open the doors for him. That does not mean that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi uh, uh, teamed up and colluded. It means that Capitol Police officers who work for the government and our law enforcement facilitated many of the J6ers misadventures. I am not talking about rioters. I am talking about the Capitol Police who took selfies with people, got in trouble for it. That's what an inside job is. If a bank is being robbed and it turns out one security guard opened the door to let the robbers in, we call that an inside job. 
So when Oliver Darcy comes out and says it was a conspiracy theory, he is lying to you intentionally because he knows everything I just said. He is an evil person. Anyway, I digress. Commentator Van Jones said he was literally shaking when he heard Vivek speak. And my rhetoric is one step away from Nazi propaganda. CNN anchor Anderson Cooper said I delivered a soliloquy of conspiracy theories. That's just absolutely false and not true. Vivek actually nailed everything perfectly and was very light, actually. CNN anchor Pamela Brown said uh, and chief investigative correspondent said Vivek has a history of peddling disinformation. They're lying. Anchor Caitlin Collins said I use reasonable tone to sell sinister lies to people who aren't paying close attention and might think what he is saying maybe is legitimate. CNN's token conservative commentator, Alyssa Farrow Griffin, said my rhetoric is damaging to the country. So that's what Vivek put out this morning, announcing that he will be on the Timcast live town hall instead. And uh, look, it's a crazy world, but we see through it. And every day we more and more people are waking up to what CNN does. The greatest example of this is when Caitlin Collins says he uses a reasonable tone to sell sinister lies to people who aren't paying close attention. It's fascinating. That's literally what Caitlin Collins is doing. If you are watching CNN, you're literally not paying attention. If you are reading Twitter, you are more, you're paying more attention. So it's varying degrees. Watching CNN is the opposite of paying attention. It would be like a dude who's selling uh, balance bands and getting your medical advice from him. And he's like, don't listen to the doctors, man. Buy my rubber bands. They protect you from, from illness. You're like, yeah, wow. Could you imagine people who didn't know the truth? That's right. That's what CNN is. CNN is like those guys at the mall that would, you know, those balance things they would sell. No, there's a magic trick you can do. Uh, magicians do this to. Uh, I love this. Let's 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 jump in. So let's say a magician wants to uh, uh, preempt their trick, like create an idea. They'll say something like, "This is a magic wand, right?" And I can prove it. Watch this. Hold your arms out. Put your feet together and hold your arms out. They'll then push it down on your arm and you'll fall over. Of course, he'll then say, now this magic wand has got magic powers. Watch, hold out your hands. He'll put the wand in your hand and then he'll pull down. But this time, no matter how hard he pulls down, you won't fall over. It's called the center of gravity illusion. What you do is the first time you, you pull down, you pull away, you down and to the right at a slight, slight angle. The second time down and in at a slight angle. One topples, one doesn't. When they're holding the magic wand, you're like, see, that proves them. They go, wow, it's magic. It, it granted you magic powers. So what happens is these guys start selling these, these wristbands, claiming they improve your balance, and they do a literal magic wow. trick to trick people. Anyway, I tell you that because that's what CNN does. <laughs> they're, they're lying to your face. Oliver Darcy, you're a scumbag. And he's, him and Caitlin Collins, and Caitlin Collins, she worked for the caller. She knows what she's doing. These people are malicious evil. They know they're lying to you for profit, power, and money. They're just bad people. And they're, they're claiming they're, they're, they're the, the, real, the real ones. Imagine finding a guy in an alley with a bunch of syringes, and he's like, I'm a doctor. Trust me. Don't trust your doctor. You'd be like, wow, this guy knows the truth. That's CNN. It's so funny to me. Listen, you call Oliver Darcy an evil person. He's the guy that got Alex Jones kicked off Twitter just because Alex was mean to him in yeah. Congress. Look at those well, let's, guys. Let's clarify. Al did Oliver Darcy get Alex Jones kicked off, or did Alex Jones get kicked off because of what he said about Oliver Darcy? Mm, I think Oliver Darcy was going around complaining, like actively going and making reports and doing things like that. So but, wait, but if we don't know, we don't know. And I think Oliver helped with getting rid of ads for Infowars and then 
Alex, right? Like, kind of like you know, called him out, and then the video circulated, and then Twitter saw that the, as some kind of. But the reason why I make this distinction is I think it's more likely that all the big tech companies colluded with each other to remove Alex, and that was the excuse Twitter yeah. was looking for to make it happen. Not if if we say Oliver Darcy did it. First of all, if he didn't do it, I don't want to say he did, but more importantly. I think it's 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 substantially more important to point out that big tech colluded all at the same time to remove Alex Jones. Twitter was, I think, the last. Yeah. And it was because they didn't have a, a, a strong enough reason to justify it. So as soon as they saw this video, they went, get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's it's scarier and more um, devastating when you realize massive multinational corporations were conspiring as opposed to some guy we don't like sending an email. You know what I mean? I get it. I just think it's it's hilarious that we're here talking about Oliver Darcy on for for what for me is a bit like uh, you know Alex Jones Day because tomorrow he's gonna be his video game Alex Jones game is gonna be on Steam. So is it? It's it's out already though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's gonna be on Steam for the first time tomorrow. For how long? Steam says it's all good to go. They had no problem with it. And, and like in the video game is him like fighting zombies and demons and stuff, right? Well, he's on Epstein Island. There's a character called the rapist. <laughs> uh, he looks very suspiciously like someone you might know. There's, well, a, right. there's a character called Name the wicked names. witch of the West Wing. <laughs> Uh, you know, oh, that's a good are one. there not gay frogs? There are definitely right. gay frogs in the video game. Gay frogs. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, um, yeah, but uh, so that's what's going to be happening. I don't know what else there is to say about this this big thing we're doing. I mean, we just kind of got a whole segment about uh, out of the announcement that we'll be doing this town hall uh, with Vivek. But uh, it's going to be a blast. We're going to be in Iowa all uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the last show we're doing Monday. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to point out to everybody. It is bonkers degrees of difficulty to do stuff like this because uh, that means Monday night at uh, like 11 p.m. Central, we have to get on a, uh, on a jet and fly back to D.C. And then I got to wake up in the morning for the morning show. So it's just whew. and we're, we're probably going to do this several times throughout the year because this is the year to do it, man. 2024, baby. The primaries are going to be hot. It's a big deal. I'm just really curious what happens with like. Look, Haley and DeSantis are both polling at like 10%. And it's really sad for DeSantis that he's, there was a, there was a point where DeSantis was the uh, uh, betting market favorite, which is, which is wild. Yeah. And now he's beneath Nikki Haley. This is typical of, of races though. I mean, I can't remember the last time uh, a presidential candidate got in and a year and change before the election was the you know was leading unless yeah. they were the incumbent yeah. you know look at look at barack obama when he first came in it you took know, until it took a while before he that's took true the lead. i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go not, look, I, let me just say something everybody i get a lot of people they say tim you're so mean to people sometimes that uh they won't want to come on your show and i'm like the people i'm mean to i don't care if they come on my show okay anybody i call evil and like a scumbag <laughs> you know i'm gonna call them that because that's how i feel and if that means they don't want to come on my show fine could you imagine if I was like, I better not call that evil prick a scumbag because then I won't be able to bring him on my show for internet points. <laughs> Sorry, not interested. But let me just tell you, I'm just going to say all this stuff, which I probably shouldn't say considering, but I'm going to say it anyway. Someone asked, why don't we get a debate with like RFK Jr.? He won't do it. RFK Jr. won't do it. And we've, we've asked several times. Okay. You, I'll tell you this. If I, if my team reaches out to you and says, would you be interested in any one of these? And they say, no, I got no problem saying they will not do it. Okay. And there are people that are like, yeah, but if you put them on blast for this, then, you know, they're never gonna want to come on your show. Don't care. If RFK Jr. doesn't want to come on the show, he doesn't have to, he doesn't owe me any favors. But if we, if we, uh, if we give the potential 
for high profile debates that no one else can do or high profile conversations that no one else can do and these people refuse to do it, then I'm going to point out they won't do it. They want the safety blanket that is CNN. And I'm not exaggerating. I like Marion Williamson a, a lot, but she won't do it either. It was hard enough to get her on the show. I like her. I think she's a good person. I think she's wrong about a lot of things. I think we informed her of things she wasn't aware of. And Marion Williamson doesn't want to do outside debates because she is scared. And RFK Jr. is scared. They are terrified that if they sit down on a show like this, we're going to say Epstein list. Who's on it? And they're going to go, uh oh, if I did CNN, they'd ask me really boring, and easy questions. Go for it. I can't wait for the day that CNN finally closes its doors because we get more in the key demo than they do. And then when you want to have the debate, it's going to have to be with Steven Crowder, Patrick Bet David, Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson or Tim Cast. Because sooner or later, that's going to be the game. And only people like Vivek Ramaswamy and Donald Trump, because he goes on these shows, too, are going to be the ones who can make it in politics. But for the time being, when someone says, why don't you get RFK? We've asked him a million times. He's scared. OK, I'm not trying to be a dick, but we've been told, like, look, you know, we can't do it. It's with respect to Marion Williamson. She told us explicitly, like, with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These debates on cable TV are like, we know what they're going to ask. And a show like this, you don't, you don't even know. I'm like, what, what do we do on this show? We pull up the top trending news stories and we will talk about them. What's the big story right now? The Epstein list. What else? Vivek is saying he's not going to debate. What do we got next? Dave Chappelle special. If you cannot talk about the top trending news, you should not be in politics. Go cry. Go run home to your mama. Because she's gonna, she'll, she'll comfort you while you cry and say, the man asks me a hard question. Have fun. What is Aleppo? What is Aleppo? <laughs> this, is what, this is what they're scared of. But, you know, the Aleppo question is perfectly in line with corporate Absolutely. questions. And when, when mm -hmm. Johnson couldn't answer that or even patter effectively, mm -hmm. well, that said a lot about his ability to, to, to navigate the corporate press. But I got to tell you, man, when people say things like, these debates should be hosted by like Joe Rogan or Tucker Carlson. And I'm like, they absolutely should. And there's a reason why they won't do it. A lot of this stuff seems like there is still residual or, or a residual effect from the media being the reliable sources. And I don't think the politicians that or people that are hoping to to be in positions of power have caught up to the fact that there are the portion of the population that no longer believes the official narrative specifically because of COVID. I mean, mm -hmm. most people agree that the average person didn't really need the COVID shot. There are groups that have people that, you know, some people don't think any, any COVID shot was good. Some people are like, well, you know, if you were old or if you were, you know, if you had a compromised immune system, then it made sense. And fair enough, fine. There's room to disagree. I don't care. But the point is because of the inconsistencies, because of the moving goalposts, because of the changing narrative over from, from the, from the media and from the government throughout the whole thing, I think that the people in the U S are far more open to 
non-official narratives. And I think that the the fact that politicians won't come to places like this, don't want to go to places like Joe yeah. Rogan, blah, blah, blah. They, I think that's because they're not, they haven't uh, uh, you know, assimilated or, or internalized the idea that these places are important now because but, the establishment has oh, yeah. hurt their credibility. Think about the structure of these debates on CNN versus what Vivek wants to do. The structure of these debates on CNN is... Uh, Governor DeSantis, with immigration happening in this country is a great crisis. Can you tell us why it is that you have sent migrants to places like Martha's Vineyard? Well, it's a great question. And I think immigration is a very important issue. Now, my my uh, administration in Florida, we have the best record when it comes to schools in our schools. Five percent, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for your question. And then you're like, that was 30 seconds. And I have no idea what was said. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, imagine when uh, you come on a show like this, there was a, a point where people brought up, uh, I remember the ex specific example that Marion Williamson didn't answer a question outright. And I just said, I kept asking it. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, you have to answer it. Cause like We're a conversation <laughs> can't, it's not just that. It's like, I asked you a question, dude, you didn't answer. Like I got, I'm gonna have to say yes, but I asked you this. Like, These kind of shows demand a higher quality of politician. But Someone they, at least that's capable mm -hmm. of actually interacting with the person in mm -hmm. front of them. And Vivek, wants to do that. Vivek wants to go on the show where no matter what question you have for him, he's going to answer it. Yes. And now here, here's, here's the best, uh, well, I should say that, that is, that is the best part about, uh, and probably why someone like Vivek is doing so well, their outright willingness just to say, throw me in the frying pan and, I, and I'll succeed. There's a great book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And it talks about how the medium completely shapes everything where we used to be a society that reads and then we became a society that watches television. Now we're becoming a society that watches podcasts. And so in this new frontier, if Trump weren't in the race, Vivek Ramaswamy would be ahead by 20 points himself because he's willing to go on Tim Cast. He's willing to go on Patrick Bet David. He's willing to go on Alex Jones and actually right. have fully formed conversations. And people see the authenticity and they see the level of competence. You're not going to get that out of these establishment shills because they're, they're only memorizing 25 second talking points. They're not real. All they care about is making a dollar. I want to stress this point. Anyone who tells you that Vivek is wrong about January 6th being an inside job is lying to you. Okay. If you, if you don't believe me, Maybe it's the first time you've ever heard this. Maybe a friend said, hey, you should listen to this podcast. And you turned it on and you went, that's so crazy. It wasn't an inside job. Just Google. Google Q Shaman Escort. Watch the video yourself. And then tell me, since when is it not an inside job when law enforcement facilitating security of the building assist the people they then later arrest? Okay. Like they, they open the door for these people, take selfies with them. They also work in the building for the government. That's what inside job means. That that's it. When Vivek says this, the woman on TV, she goes, where's your evidence that the de that, that the Biden administration, blah, blah, blah. Well, hold on. Who said anything about that? This is the game they play. I'll say something like January 6th was an inside job. Oh, yeah. What's your proof that Joe Biden orchestrated January 6th? I never said Joe Biden orchestrated January 6th. That was an inside job. They create a fake data point. I've made this example over and over again about fact checkers. They'll say, you'll watch a video of Donald Trump, uh, you know, uh, high-fiving Shinzo Abe. And then a fact checker will come, did, did Donald Trump high-five Shinzo Abe? Dot, 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 on Sunday. And then it'll say, false. It'll give you this big, long screed about how Donald Trump did not high-five Shinzo Abe. I like Shinzo Abe, mind you. Mm. 
And then at the very bottom, we'll say, well, he did high five them. He did not high five them on Sunday. They add that fake information to it. Did Shane Cashman appear on Timcast IRL to discuss the election, Dave Chappelle, taxes, and other important American issues on Monday? <laughs> False. He did not. It was Tuesday. Yeah. That's the game they're playing. And so what happens is your friends and family, your liberal aunt and uncle and cousins watch CNN and CNN is doing that all day. When, Je when Vivek says January 6th looks like an inside job, then they come out and they go, and Vivek is claiming the Biden administration orchestrated January 6th. All oh, these people are out of their minds. He never said that. I think their magic trick is starting to fail, though. Like, were you saying earlier that they changed the center of gravity? They're now calling you right-wing Tim Pool, and you're laughing about it. You know, they're going to have to start saying things like extremist militia leader Tim Pool. They're going to have to keep... There's a limit. They're going to have to keep saying things that are insane because the what they're trying to push... Nowadays, it's mainstream, mainstream ABC to promote a boy chopping his genitals off. Now he's a girl. The things that they're trying to push are so far out of the main that they've had to change the center of gravity. Well, let's talk lot. about this story from SCNR.com. Dave Chappelle compares Jim Carrey role to trans people. This is taking the Internet by storm. Dave Chappelle's new comedy special, The Dreamer, is out and the first joke he makes in his special. It's a master class in comedy. I think, how long is it? Like seven minutes long? It's, it's, a, good, it's a good build up. He yeah. tells this long story. It, it's an emotional roller coaster. My dad died and I'm, I'm, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm in distress. Norm MacDonald and Andy Kaufman are in it. Norm MacDonald calls him on the phone and says, would you like to meet Jim Carrey? And Dave says, <laughs> he's my, I'm, I'm such a big fan. He then goes on to praise Jim Carrey as like a natural talent that you just can't learn. He gives this really long story about how he finally met Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is, uh, is, is method acting as Andy Kaufman. So when he shows up, they're like, don't call him Jim, call him Andy. And he's like, what? And he's like, this is so weird. And he's like, in hindsight, how amazing was it to get to witness this artist in one of his most powerful roles? You know, but at the time, I got to admit, I was disappointed. And then after this big, long story, and he's like, so there I am. I know that's Jim Carrey, but they're making me say Andy. And the reason I tell you this story, that's how trans people make me feel. Like that <laughs> whole buildup was for that tiny bang, like a shotgun blast. Now, there, here's why this is important. Dave Chappelle immediately then afterwards insults handicapped people, conservatives, Madison Cawthorn specifically. Wow. <laughs> he specifically. makes specifically the Madison Cawthorn. He goes off on Madison Car. It is does he, brutal. Does he make a cripple wow. joke too while oh, he's at dude. it? The whole thing is mocking him <laughs> for being handicapped. Oh man. He says he lost uh he lost his re-election. He lost his seat. He lost his seat. <laughs> As a handicap. He ran a bad race. Ran a bad and race. the crowd is right. losing it. <laughs> and then he goes on to claim that the only reason anyone would invite Madison Cawthorn to an orgy, and then he imitates a paraplegic getting wow. <laughs> gangbang. Oh, I was like, wondering if you're gonna bring that up. But the reason oh, I bring this up is Dave Chappelle did not single out the trans community. He literally made fun of anybody he could. Yep. And back to back, because he's not actually trying to insult trans people. He's making jokes. He then makes jokes about handicapped people. He makes jokes about Republicans. Asians. He even he makes jokes about Asians. And in the same joke, makes, makes a joke about black people. He's just ribbing on everybody and everyone's loving it. Here's why I say all of it is important. Dave Chappelle is the GOAT. Okay, they call him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Mm. 
when he releases a Netflix comedy special, which is number one, by the way, right now. It's hilarious. And he says, this is how I feel. And I can joke about these things. He is telling regular people it is now okay for you to joke as well about conservatives, about the handicapped, about Asians, about black people, about trans people. We just have jokes. Yes. He's basically setting that line in the sand. So now, you know, over the past several years, you've had people who are scared to do comedy. Jerry Seinfeld talked about all those years ago. College campuses are insane. All these people getting canceled. Dave Chappelle comes out and says, you can't cancel me. They tried. They couldn't, they couldn't do it. $20 million yeah. for a comedy special. And the first joke he does was about trans people. And he follows it up by saying, I'm not going to, if you, if you thought you were going to come to this show and to hear me joke about these people, you thought wrong. I'm not going to joke about these people. It was not worth it. Maybe three or four times. He does an impression of a handicapped person who came to a show to hear trans jokes and then is disappointed <laughs> that he's hearing handicapped jokes, but then is then later happy when he hears handicap or, or trans jokes again. It's it's brilliant. And like I think his audience and a lot of audiences it of was these DC, types of comedians, dude. it was DC and it's a barometer of the culture, right? Like that's the the audience was just in love, right? And there's that that feels really good to when, see that. When the whole crowd erupts in cheers <sighs> when he finishes the first joke about Andy Kaufman. I was like, wow, dude, a DC liberal audience is cheering and clapping for what he just said about how he feels when he's told he has to act like someone is someone else. And then when he mentions Madison Cawthorn, someone goes, oh, in the audience, like clearly not a conservative, not a fan. But there are a lot of people now that saying wokeness is dead. It's been dying out. It was never popular to begin with. People were just too afraid of cancel culture. When someone like Dave Chappelle stands up and says, dude, I don't care. I'm yeah. telling I'm telling a joke and you can't do anything about it. He basically plants a flag and now regular people can stop being scared and call out the crackpots that they don't like. That's part of the reason why 2024 is going to be kind of, or one of the many factors that is going to make 2024 kind of crazy. The people that are interested in social justice as leg as legislation they are going to be holding on to power. They're going to be doing whatever they can to pass legislation that that benefits their ideology. And it's the same thing as like when when the allies were going towards uh, towards Germany, yeah. they just ramped up the killing the Jews because they're, they're, it's an ideology. They're like part of their ideology was kill the Jews. Part of the ideology of the left right now is to implement social justice stuff into law. So they're going to be doing all they can to to ram laws mm -hmm. that are as permanent as possible through before the the election yep. in order to to you know hope what in their opinion hopefully push this as far as they can because they I, it's it's likely they see that there's going to be a a, a swing back of the pendulum oh, yeah. i'm glad that they've overreached and they've gone so far it's like jujitsu you're we can use their own momentum against them yep. because they've gone so far people don't agree with it that dave Chappelle making what seems to be an inoffensive joke to anybody in the world is completely offensive to these people to the point where they want to kill him and sh shout out to dave Chappelle, by the way the only <laughs> person to make a funny joke about me that i enjoyed from uh, the don't tase me bro thing like 15 years ago the only one that made a joke i enjoy so sh shout out to dave Chappelle, and uh, i'm glad he's doing his own material and not just uh copying owen benjamin anymore just Ooh, just, well, kidding, I, just kidding just well, kidding well uh, uh you they're, they're you got you got made fun of by dave Chappelle. yes and that's when i when i we were watching it and he he second joke in the act is make, mocking madison cawthorn i was like man 
How lucky is Madison Cawthorn? Yeah. He was a member of Congress. I mean, not like, not like uh, uh, you know, he, he probably would have been happier if he didn't get primaried. But for Dave Chappelle to do a comedy special, making fun of you as a member of Congress, you, you, are, you are immortal. The joke he makes about you in that moment. And uh, he says he saw him and he yelled, hey, congressman. And he looks over him and he's mad and he's like, and then I, and then I, and, and then I walked away. I wanted to see him do something. I wanted to see me, I wanted him to see me do something he couldn't do. That's what he says. <laughs> I'm like, oh yo, if, if that were me, I was getting made fun of by Dave Chappelle. I'd be like, man, honor. honor. It's a total honor. honor. Yeah. It's like why I love shows like Kill Tony too, like Tony Hinchcliffe, like just roasting people. That that to me is the way my that's my favorite type of comedy. Not just the surreal stuff, which I also like, but people just ragging on you. It feels it's that's catharsis. And that's why a lot of like when I saw Louis get like quote unquote canceled all those years ago, I was like, that was the beginning of me really understanding like they're gonna take out artists and comedy first because those are the people who subvert yeah. the whole power structure. Right. And then Louis handled it, I thought, very poorly with the apology and stuff but and Chappelle did the opposite thing he just doubled down which i i appreciate that I, you know, I to me no no, no. i'll just you, say to me it's like that's that's more punk rock what Chappelle does is punk rock you know yeah. louis didn't when when i got uh one of the times when people were like giving me crap and in response i wrote a song called never sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it yeah, it is that's exactly how you do it right like you were saying earlier like you only let yourself be canceled right yeah they can't do it too yeah of course you can lose your jobs and stuff and like they've got normal people in the world who lose their jobs yeah but uh once you apologize that gives them all the power over you you're admitting you're admitting guilt unless you did something wrong you feel bad for it like go ahead and apologize yes, but if, like oh, that's so rare but the thing stuff. is when you are going to apologize you have to apologize to a person mm -hmm. that possesses the ability to forgive you right when you apologize to a community no one has the power to forgive you yep. and they're gonna use it against you in the future because exactly. you've admitted to it and then five years two years whatever down the road when you pop up in someone's you know sites again and they're like oh i remember that guy he did this terrible thing that we can crap on him again mm -hmm. so all i'm going to do is bring this up and we can totally disregard what he says yep. don't give them the power don't say i'm sorry mm -hmm. because then you're telling them i consent to your authority over me yep. you're demanding an apology so i will allow you to have that power over me exactly get effed you have yep. no power don't over. be afraid to be called anything any yep. bad words elon buying twitter was massive absolutely oh. yeah. i was here a, just about a year ago and i was banned from twitter not allowed uh, I, I shouted out a bunch of people patriot j uh, old rose swig all banned and today they're all back alex jones is back patriot j is so, great mm -hmm. patriot alex jones, jones shout is out back. patriot j yeah crazy it's, it's a different world with alex jones back on twitter and with elon letting him grow and grow and grow so 2024 it's it's the best of times it's the worst of times you know hundreds of thousands coming through the southern border but at the same time Alex Jones being popular and mainstream on Twitter. Very, very different year we're going to have. It feels like meme magic is here in full effect. That, that, that is one thing I'm afraid of, though, because the counterculture is going to swing so hard back. And now with people like Alex back. Um, but I feel like they're going to find a way to subvert our subversion. You know, <laughs> like they're going to find a way to just turn off the power well know? the thing is that like, bothers me when you're when you're subversive or when you're when yep. you're dealing with people like you know in in the world that we deal in right where outside of the mainstream narrative yep. the, like just because you hear a story that's outside of the mainstream narrative doesn't mean it's true or it's right and that's one of the things that that the people that are outside of the mainstream need to be focused on right now yes. just because someone that is 
ex- that is looked at as outside of the the acceptable conversation says something doesn't mean they're correct in I, fact you have I, to be more careful now we've had that yes. fire drill once before the QAnon thing everybody yeah. saw QAnon's not real i think people are a little wiser than they were last go around that people are being able to spot whatever they try to throw I, at us i think there is a decent probability of some kind of cyber 911 people call it and that something, because I think it was like, was it Bill Gates who was talking about this? The risk of our digital infrastructure and, and cyber attacks. Imagine this scenario. Uh, first, let me just say, I don't know the probability, but I think there is a possibility considering the stakes of 2024. The internet has gone down before. There have been cyber attacks over the past several years. We note them. And then uh, there was one where Google actually went down and all of a sudden nobody could get to their websites because people don't actually type in the websites. They type in the word, press enter, and it pulls up Google, which they then click the thing. Yeah. When I'm searching for p- things on Twitter, I don't search Twitter. I search Google. I'll type in like Phil Labonte, communist meme X, and then it'll pop up with like his latest post and I'll click it. That's how I find it. So when Google went down, I forgot exactly what happened. All of a sudden, internet traffic dropped dramatically. Imagine a scenario where for some reason, the internet is just down. Just in, in general. And the only information coming out is through terrestrial television, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. Imagine during the election, we get some kind of attack and that's what happens. Imagine if just before the election, something like that happens, they can then say whatever they want without being fact-checked by anybody else and no one can discount them. There may be a scenario like that, I don't know. Um, It could be like, oh no, we get attacked and the infrastructure goes down. Oh, we better fix it. We don't know what's going on. And it's an act of war, which we then use to justify some kind of escalation somewhere else, but then also allows them to basically say to a show like ours, if you want to stay on the air, it's going to cost you like, what do do they charge? A thousand bucks an hour or something for for a dedicated satellite. And uh, what y'all need to understand about the way YouTube works, this is only possible. This show is only possible. Because YouTube pays for the streaming costs. What people need to understand is when we, we are streaming right now at about uh, 6,000 kilobits per second. That means for the 45,000 people watching it receiving between 2,000 and 6,000, multiply that. Multiply that 6,000 by 45,000 and you'll get the actual data transfer. There's no possible way we could afford that. It's only possible because of these website subsidies. So when you see like Rumble, they're spending a pretty penny to get those shows out because they want to make that work. So shout out to Rumble. YouTube, of course, is subsidized by by Google. It's not it's not that extreme. We may actually be able to uh, uh, like what we would, what we would just do is we, it's ten bucks a month. Subscribe to the show, and then we could use that money to pay for the for the stream and all that stuff. But it just basically it would make it make it so that literally anybody who wants to watch has to pay. There, there. I, b- I believe that's their best attack vector for shutting down the kind of things. I agree. I mean, there's been so many reports about the internet apocalypse, and they're worried about solar flares. But from what I'm hearing, solar flares won't wouldn't probably affect it. I think what they would do is blame it on a solar flare, and then just shut it off, you know, on their own, and then prevent us from uh, subverting the narrative like a lot of us were doing during lockdowns or you know talking about election stuff. Uh, that's gonna be tough. That's why I've been I've been very open in my community about how I feel about everything. You know, I'm building a people in my immediate community who I know I can trust and agree with. You know, maybe nothing will happen, but I don't want to be in a, in a spot again where I'm surrounded by a bunch of idiots, like I was in New York, and and not handle like the society just being ripped to shreds. I think even the speculation of us talking about this it puts a it puts a a wrench in their plans because if everybody is thinking ahead of time 
oh, these people want to do something evil to stop us. If something like this were to go down, everyone knows where to point the finger. So Tim speculating like this, Alex Jones, when he speculates on grand conspiracies, these things help to put a wrench and stop their plan. So I'm glad that we're doing this right now. People are thinking ahead. What are these evil bastards thinking of next? Everybody's looking. This is the source. This is the problem. And, you know, hopefully uh, people pull the lever and figure out Donald Trump is where we need to go. 2024. Let's see. I have uh, have a couple stories. I want to start with this one from the New York Post. This is this is crazy. Cops recover suicide note after deranged man drove car packed with explosives into crowd at Rochester concert, killing two. So apparently what happened was this guy loaded his SUV with explosives. I believe it was gasoline or something. And he was trying to ram a crowd of people. As an Uber pulled out, he then T-boned the Uber, killing the people inside and uh, uh, injuring several others around it. But I believe that Uber may have inadvertently saved many lives. It's a wild story. This happened, uh, I believe it happened uh, on the 1st. And uh, they believe it may be a terror attack. It's being uh, investigated as an act of terrorism. We will see. But what a way to kick off 2024. So as we're seeing stories like this, you know, I get to thinking uh, about the conversations I had with family, extended family members over the uh, holiday. And they ask questions about like, do you really like you talk about civil war, but like, like what, what's the likelihood you really think? And I'm just like time travel test, man. If you went, look right now, the corporate press says that a bunch of men conspired to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Now, obviously we can test a lot of those allegations. The corporate press says that January 6th, an insurrection was attempted to all these leftists who are calling me crazy for saying I fear civil war. They're the same people claiming that Donald Trump literally tried to start a civil war. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. Like Donald Trump tried to overthrow the government in 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 a coup with his supporters who stormed and attacked the Capitol. Civil war will never happen. Like, uh, then you're not scared of Trump and his supporters and MAGA in 2024. Eris, uh, Rusinos. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. I worked with him briefly uh, when I was at uh, Vice News. He's a good dude. He says he writes for Unheard. The world should fear 2024 escalation lurks on every battlefield. Now, of course, he talks mainly about foreign policy, but he he does mention in the article that escalation uh, will exists in American domestic uh, discourse as well. So I think, man, you know, we got a super chat already saying beware the Ides of March. I'm like, come on, bro. That's like three. It's like two and a half months from now. <laughs> Literally, it's two and a half months from now. Wow. When we had Eric Prince on just before the end of the year, I asked him, is there something like, what does he what does he see here in the United States? Does he see anything happening, you know, uh, akin to this with, with, with what he's seen in other countries? And he, he said the one thing that every guy who's been in a civil war revolution period and conflict and crisis can tell you is that it happens overnight. One day, everything's normal. You wake up. There's no electricity. There's no... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Radio. There's no internet. That's what people don't realize. You may go outside and go to the mall. And you're like, everything feels normal. And this is the normalcy bias that people on Twitter talk about on, the, on X. They'll say, oh, you guys talk about all this stuff. Go touch grass. 
Because when you go to the mall, when you go to the movies, no one cares about any of this stuff. And I'm like, right, in Egypt during the revolution, nobody cared about this stuff. So let me tell you. I went to a place called Utkiagvik. Do you guys know what that is? No. Do you know what Barrow, Alaska is? Yes. Yeah, they changed the name in 2016. Uh, the native, I believe it's the Inupiaq in, in, in people, re referred to the area as Utkiagvik. Uh, Ut, is it Utkiagvik? Yeah, it's Utkiagvik. And uh, when uh, Western settlers came, they referred to it as Barrow, uh, Point Barrow or whatever. And then those settlers built up a training post in a, a city that they called Barrow. In uh, 2016, a group of activists, this, this, is, this is what I was told by uh, some of the locals that I'd met. They said that like 86 people voted. And it's, it's a town of 4,500 4, people. It's like 86 people voted. And it was like by one or two votes to change the name to Utkiagvik. And so I was like, the school says Barrow on it. <laughs> the airport calls it Barrow. The, the uh, airlines call it Barrow. The airport is called Barrow, B-R-W. But they changed the name. And he's like, it was like 40-something people. And I'm like, 40-something people voted and changed the name of your city? And he goes, it's still Barrow. I heard that from several people. Whoa. And I tweeted about it. I was like, wow, dude. Some decolonized activists were like, this place is called Utkiagvik, not Barrow. So we're going to hold a vote. Nobody shows up. Nobody cared. And so 40 people. I tweeted this out and it's really funny because I got a mix of people uh, who are like, you're racist for not supporting indigenous people's rights, even though I did not criticize the name change at all. The point I made was twofold. Do not let a small group of psychopaths dish change your community without your consent. And more importantly, that famous saying, never uh, let it never be said that a small group of dedicated people can't change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever did. 40 some odd people decided to change the name of that city and they did it. That was my point. And then I get people being like, you just hate natives and Native Americans. And I was like, I'm from Illinois, dude. I don't care that they call it Utkiagvik. That's fine. I, I know I, my, I have friends from Algonquin. Like the names of all of our places are native. I don't care. Are, are, are like the, the, you know, the Eskimos or the Inuit people, are, are they really all that angry at the white man? It's not like the white man took their land. Nobody I, wants I that property. Don't, I up don't there. believe so. I believe actually a good portion of the people. Again, I, I'm not from there, so I don't know. But I, the the way it was explained to me is that this is probably like or it's like white liberals, woke people. I was told woke people. Yeah. So yes, it probably does include some of the indigenous, but the the natives didn't really talk about it all that much. I don't know. It didn't didn't seem like it wasn't an issue. Mostly when I met one native guy, who's really excited to explain how they kill whales. Yeah, and it was it was wild how he told us how they do it. He's been talking like, to the same ten people for the past thirty years. <laughs> he was oh yeah, and then he sees us and he's yeah, like, "Here's like, what we do." Like I can tell, get them the same stories to these new people, and they're gonna react differently. It's gonna be awesome, dude. The 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 native dude who explained whaling did not come up to us and be like, "The white man did this and did that." He was like, "Let me tell you how we kill whales." Yeah, wow. and I'm like, "It's illegal for us to kill whales," and he's like, "Yeah, but not us." <laughs> I thought that was kind of crazy too, but. It was, it was wild to see. As we're coming into 2024, I'll, I'll remind people of, I'm in Egypt during the revolution, and I went to Heliopolis, went to the mall, and people were buying burgers and just living their life, and I got a kebab. It was delicious. And I went to a store, and I bought a cell phone. It was like nothing was happening. Meanwhile, there was a revolution in Tahrir Square. Blackhawks flying overhead, APCs through the streets. People were shooting and killing each other. But out a block away at the McDonald's, 
No, seriously, it's like two blocks of McDonald's, two blocks away, I think it's McDonald's, uh, from Tahrir. There's a guy just eating a burger and fries and watching soccer. If more people had had a firsthand experience with that or, or knew someone that did and understood that, mm. there would be far fewer people saying that a civil war will never happen in the United States. Because a civil war absolutely could happen in the United States doesn't mean that everybody's going to be involved. Yeah. Doesn't mean that people aren't still going to go to war. It's never everybody. Yeah. It's right. always some tiny, tiny faction. Mm -hmm. and, and the issue is, you take a look at what happened with the culture war and the shift. Most regular people did not like wokeness, but were too afraid to say anything. Mm -hmm. Think about how many people didn't want to go along with the mandates, but did because they were scared that they couldn't do it. There's one video where a guy, a woman's filming and a guy's stalking her in a super supermarket saying, she's not wearing a mask. If we have to wear masks, she has to wear masks. You see what they were really mad yeah. about. Yeah. The oppression and they want, you know, misery loves company. So anyway, my point is this, as we're seeing this stuff entering 2024, dude, if, if, the people who are on Twitter are like, go touch grass. These people have no idea what conflict is actually like. Go watch the videos from the destruction of Aleppo. And what will you see? You'll see people walking with bags of groceries through rubble-filled uh, battlefields with gunfire. Someone's going grocery shopping. You talk to that person, what they're worried about, and they're like, oh, I got to get milk for my family. Yeah, that's touching grass. Mm -hmm. I think the pain points are starting to increase, though, because the guy that just wants to go get milk for his family... What happened to the price of that milk? Oh, what yeah. happened to the price at the pump? And I think hundreds and hundreds of thousands of migrants, we keep seeing the videos. I just was in the Phoenix airport. You could see the illegal immigrants all over the, the floor over there, just like Ashley St. Clair and Taylor Hansen took video of. Uh, in Europe, when you had that number of migrants, and now they're coming from Africa, they're coming from the Middle East, it's not just, it's like they've emptied out Central America already into America. Uh, when you have that level of migrants, they're doing inordinate amounts of crime, crazy amounts of crime. And the pain points of everyday Americans, we keep having these this many people come through the southern border. That pain point is going to increase to the normies paying attention. I think that normies are actually starting to get Dude, tuned into a, a crazy uh, level than they used to be. That video of that Marjorie Taylor Greene posted where you can see the thousands running under the barrier yeah. and running in. Yeah. When I showed that to normies, they flipped out. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. They were just like, what, what is that? What's going on? And I'm like, that's our border right now. And they're like, we don't have a country anymore if that's the case. Most right. people are like Marianne Williamson, remember? Yep. I yeah, mean, she so. was appalled at most of the things that we showed her. She had no idea. Completely and totally ignorant. Dude. And this woman is running for president and ostensibly yep. has access to as much information as she could possibly want. But like we were talking about earlier, people are afraid to go to 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 uh, platforms like this or come to places like this. And because of that, they are fed a narrative that is not based in reality, that is not based in facts on the ground. And they they look at actual real things when they hear about them and they, they're shocked. Just the other night, I was hanging out with uh, some other parents that we know and they're fairly apolitical, but they understand more or less, you know, what kind of what's going on, but not to any degree that we talk about. Sure. And I felt, I started to feel bad because I was telling them about my reporting from Yuma and I felt like I was breaking their hearts and yeah. their spirit because yeah. they were so appalled. And I'm like, and I, I kept going because I'm like, I'm not even done. I have so much more to tell you that it yeah. is so crazy dystopian down there. Mm -hmm. And I could see it in their eyes being like, this is insane. Um, it's so alarming. And then back to the, the civil war stuff. I always think about the day before lockdown in New York in the suburbs where I was, I, I it dawned on me to go report from a gun store and see what was going on. 
because there was like this fear being pumped in. I was thinking about there's this band, Phil, you know, what I'm talking about every time I die, they have a lyric yeah. called paranoia is the disease of the unarmed. I think that's from last night in town. <laughs> and I thought of that sentence, that lyric, and I was like, I'm going to go to the gun store and see what's going one. on. People, it's a great line. I went to the gun shop. It was mayhem. Yeah. There were insane. people running in who never owned a gun, buying rifles and shotguns. I saw two people in such panic mode leave their guns there after they buy they bought them. I saw another guy outside wow. leave his gun on the car and drive off without it. Wow. They were free. It was... There was nothing on the walls anymore. The ammo was gone. I got a lot of ammo from my shotgun, but like it was crazy watching people. And they, so, like at that point, society hadn't collapsed the way it has now, and they were just afraid of other people, and they got to protect yeah. themselves. And, and uh, my fa my favorite thing about it was in in California, there was a guy who owned a gun store, posted a video, and he was like, "Stop." yelling at me that you can't buy a gun it's not my fault you voted for wait periods you voted for these restrictions and now that. you have to abide by them here's the reality though it was funny to watch but these liberals didn't vote for anything yeah this is the issue with wokeness utgiagvik exemplifies it when the vote was announced that they were going to change the name four thousand five hundred people said i don't care and you know what to be fair I honestly don't care the name is Utgyagvik versus Barrow. Like I said, I'm from Illinois. You know, they, they, they initially wanted to name West Virginia Kanawa. These are Native American terms. In Illinois, you've got, like I mentioned, Algonquin. A lot of these places are named after, by the Native Americans yeah. because the colonists who came in didn't just make up new names for it. They said, what's it called? They said, Illinois. They said, okay, great. We'll call it Illinois. All right. And, and, then, there, and then there's uh, many things that they did name. That's totally fine. On this issue, though, my point is a small amount of people who do care will take from you everything you hold dear if you don't pay attention. So when this guy tells me it's still called Barrow, I'm like, buddy, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. We went to a restaurant and there was this old guy who's like, I've been here for 47 years. And there's very few restaurants. This one was top of the world. It was it was great. And I had reindeer. Ooh. Delicious. Did you eat, that, eat it on Christmas? Uh, no, no, okay. we weren't there on Christmas. Okay. But uh, we ate a lot of reindeer. Like everything's just got reindeer up wow. there. Cause they, cause they, uh, they farm them. They farm reindeer for wow. meat. And so, but I'm this old guy, a separate guy asked him, I was like, I see on the map, it says Udgyagvik, but the airport says Barrow. And he goes, it's Barrow. And it, and they all said basically the same thing. A bunch of like a small group of people voted and now everyone's claiming it's the official name, but it's Barrow. And I'm just like, my guy, when you die, it's Utkiakvik. Right. Have it, a nice day. It's like st states and, and cities do it too. It reminds me of like the Tappan Zee Bridge in New York. They, it's now the Mario Cuomo Bridge, but no one calls it that. Willis or, Tower. Willis Tower. Yeah, Sears Tower. Oh, right. <laughs> you go to Chicago, in official reports, they'll say the Willis Tower, but wow. the average person will call it the Sears Tower. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and like, there's a ton of you roads like that name, in New Come York. On. No, but they try. They try. Guaranteed they, they do the rate signs. field. <laughs> oh, all the stadiums that are now named after banks are disgusting yeah. too. It's so gross. But my, my point with 2024 is is simply simply put, all these people who are like, a civil war won't happen because most people don't care. Bro, you may end up in a period where they change the name of your city and you'll be like, I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, because the activists are paying attention. They're organized. Mm -hmm. They know what's up and they're ready for action. Yep. I think we're in an era of consciousness. It's not so much force anymore. And if the people really want change, we can actually have an election. Even with everything that they did in 2020, all the irregularities, uh, I think that if the amalgamation of the energy of the people is such that we deserve a good king, then a good king will sit on the throne. If people return to God, if people pray, if people love their neighbor, they do the right things, 
uh, we can have a good king in this country. And I'm not going to... I see your scenario. It, the other side always wants to do evil. And when you're talking about civil war, I'm thinking about all these hundreds of thousands of migrants. That would be the war. It's an invasion. They can. A lot of these people are from all kinds of organizations. They can activate to do crazy things in this country. That type of scenario exists for sure. But I just look at things like, how can the good people win? That's always the scenario I'm looking at. How can the good people win? And if, so, pe if people were turned to God, we can have a good king. We can save America. A potential scenario I see is that Donald Trump wins. We cheer. Uh, it's a tough battle, but Donald Trump wins. And one of the first things he does is begin what will be the largest deportation effort ever seen. Which he promised. Which he promises. And then you will get videos and photos of the Trump administration and the National Guard and the army rounding up immigrants, illegal immigrants, onto trains and buses. And of course, they're going to be held in camps and holding facilities. And then when the Civil War starts, they're going to show pictures of what Trump did with the immigrants to what Hitler did with the Nazis. And they're going to say, never again, don't let it repeat. And they're going to use that propaganda to rally people. Then the left activists will be able to go to illegal immigrants and say, would you like to defend your right to be here? Fight with us. So potential scenario. I'm not saying likely probable. I'm just saying a potentiality is Donald Trump has promised the largest deportation we've ever seen. You have eight to 10 million illegal immigrants and every day 10,000 more. Donald Trump will have to put them on trains and buses. They will have to be brought to camps. Chicago is already building camps. I want to stress this. Chicago, it got delayed. It's postponed. It may not happen. I'm not sure. But they announced they're going to be building a migrant camp. What do you think it's going to look like? Do people think th these things are going to, they're going to look like they're, they're going to be slums. They're going to be places with limited resources where the people will be screaming and complaining, living in their own filth, and they're going to be confined to it because there's too many of them. The people of Chicago are complaining. What happens in that scenario where a civil war does start in 2025 or six, and they use these images to, to make it look like Trump is Hitler claiming he's doing it. It's happening again, blah, blah, blah. They already called the migrant detention centers concentration camps. This, uh, what I'm saying here is not something I just made up, top, uh, made up off, the, off the top of my head. I'm saying AOC already said he has concentration camps. Donald Trump does. Donald Trump has already promised deportation effort. Several cities have already announced they're going to build camps. Alex Jones called this, by the way, like 15, 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah, he did. He said that, that FEMA is going to set up detention centers likely for illegal immigrants. Yeah. 20 years later, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll add some more money to Alex Jones's right jar. But based on the pieces that are already on the table, I'm like, oh, combine them. Donald Trump mass deportation effort, mm -hmm. mass illegal immigration, AOC and Democrats saying concentration camp. They are going to produce tons of propaganda to liken Donald Trump to Hitler to use as a rallying cry. After that, we speculate. If conflict breaks out, they're going to try and make it seem like World War II and they're the good guys. I just don't think that they're popular anymore. I see I see the scenario you're trying to play out. I see the propaganda that they can push. Popular say, doesn't matter. I was going to say the same thing, and then I was then thinking about what Tim was saying about there's a small group of people it takes to be insane to cause it, you know, which could be the case. Do you the, how many people in Seattle are willing to go outside and walk up to Antifa armed with AR-15s and tell them the GTFO? Because the answer was none. Hmm. So even though I think it's fair to say you knock on any door in Seattle and say, how do you feel that the far left is with guns taking over Capitol Hill, they're going to be like, hey, man, I think that stuff's crazy. I'm with you, man, but I just don't want to say anything. We all know the majority of people were like, yeah, I totally agree with you on Trump, but I better not speak up. <laughs> Owen Schroyer goes mm -hmm. to prison and mm -hmm. the guards say, yeah, I like what you do, man, but I'm just doing my job. This country is rife with evil. I sent Owen a bunch of books, by the way. Funny little story. I sent Owen Schroyer a bunch of books while he was in jail. 
they returned the envelope to me with like a dirty wife beater shirt in it. So they opened it. He told me they didn't give him the books, so they took them. And they returned the envelope to me with like a dirty shirt in it. A just funny little story. That Crazy. is bizarre. Yeah, bizarre. <laughs> but this, this, is, this is my point. Let's say woke people make up like 10 to 12% of the country. But they, we know that they're violent and they're angry and they're crazy. Mm -hmm. So a large percentage of them are organized and could mobilize. Let's say they do. In a place like Seattle, if Donald Trump gets elected and uh, he does begin, you know, arresting people, we already saw a guy tried firebombing an ICE facility in yep, Tacoma. That's right. That happened several years ago. So what happens when these college groups go to their friends and say, guys, you know you have to join us and they go oh man what do you do do you come out uh, let, let me let me tell you another story so a lot of people are incorrectly stating that uh abraham lincoln was kept off the ballot in 10 states not true the way it worked back then was that the parties would issue the ballots and you'd go and drop them off the deal was when you voted you voted you wrote down who you wanted to vote for so the democrats the republicans the democrat republicans the whigs whatever would say here's our list of people you could take that ballot from them and then be like, I'm going to vote for this party. Here are all the people I want. And there you go. You, you cast your vote. I'm assuming they drop it in a box or something. So they say Abraham Lincoln was taken off the ballot in 10 states. He wasn't taken off. The Republicans didn't issue ballots in 10 states because, for one, they, they're like, these states hate us. So we're not going to win. But the, the fear was if you were seen holding paraphernalia of the Republican Party in a slave state, you would be mercilessly beaten at right. worst shunned at best hmm. so no one was willing to cast a vote for republicans in these states so abraham lincoln received zero votes in the states that went on to secede to form the confederacy i'm thinking right now about el salvador which i believe had the highest murder rate in central america if you had told me five years ago that el salvador no, it didn't it didn't have the highest murder rate no. it, it was very it had a high it had a high murder rate I very think, high murder yeah, rate. honduras has one of the highest murder rates in the world okay so let's say second third high what a very high murder rate um, if you told me five years ago that that place would suddenly be like attracting Americans to take citizenship, move to El Salvador, I don't want to mispronounce the president of El Salvador's name. Uh, let's just say Bukele. it's Max Kaiser. It's not Max it's Kaiser. It's Bukele. Uh, uh, Nayib Bukele, Bukele, that's how you say it? Nayib Bukele, yeah. Thank you. Uh, he turned that country around. I would never have thought- that, On a dime. I never would have thought that the will of the people existed to turn El Salvador from dystopian murder nightmare into- Argentina. Attracting mm. Americans. Afuera! Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 I see the potential for negative in America, but I also see that we Absolutely. can flip this country for the good. Yes, I agree. Totally. I, and I think it's important to point out that while we're looking at you know conflict, chaos, crisis, and all that stuff, we're still winning culturally, and that's why they're getting desperate. It may be that- it's a 2024 gets wild. There's riots. It's crazy. Donald Trump ends up winning. It's contested, but he clears it. And then he starts arresting people. Deportations happen. And then things start simmering down as he weeds out the corruption. Mm -hmm. It may be that Donald Trump is just plainly successful and we avoid the worst of it. I hope so. I think, you know, we experienced real dystopia during lockdowns. We had Chaz. We had like rapper in like Seattle with a flamethrower just take over a block <laughs> and, and they unloaded hundreds of rounds into a white suv yeah. innocent people a were Atlanta, murdered minnesota uh portland uh, st louis st st louis had a, had a had a occupation they well they had all the arson uh they right. burned down those buildings atlanta had an occupation yep and minnesota had an occupation and uh, uh seattle so I, I say tried that, a couple times i say that to seem like it could get crazier but i also know that so many people saw those things go down who weren't like engaged at all politically and are like that can't happen again like i know people who are in i think it was atlanta and they lived in like in a skyscraper 
and they're stuck on their roof watching as people down below are just destroying everything. And there's people out there windows throwing flower pots at them and stuff. It was just like a zombie movie. In New York? Yeah. That was in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, like we're, we're CNN New York got busted into. Oh, New York right. was crazy too. Yeah. New York was crazy because there were people calling the police and the police were just like, good luck. Yeah. Unless you were, unless like there were rabbis getting arrested in the park in Brooklyn, you yeah. know, those guys got arrested, but you could write, you could burn anything you want. Just don't praise God. But this is this is the, this is the important thing to understand. It's not that necessarily the city wants the rioters. It's that they're impotent. Yeah. So when there was one famous story where uh, a guy, a fight broke out in the lobby of his apartment building. So he called the police and they and the woman said, sir, the city is under attack. What would you have us do? Let me tell you guys something. Play Fallout 3. Okay. In Fallout 3. There's a, a Fallout's a video game, nuclear war happens, people seal themselves in vaults, the vaults are not good things, but long story short, they start emerging afterwards, and there are people who survived the nuclear war and have built small, small societies outside of it, and then the vault dwellers come out. There's also a group called the Enclave, which is highly advanced with powerful military bases, clean running water, and they are the, it's been hundreds of years, but they're the remnants of the American government. They are not good guys, they kill you. My point about bringing that up is it's it's a simple understanding the game developers had when they created the concept of the enclave. If the city falls into chaos, the police are not going to help you. Uh, World War Z, people pointed out when the dude is uh, Brad Pitt's character is going to get the medicine for his daughter. And then he sees the cop come in. He's like, oh, crap. And the cop looks at him and then just runs straight up and grabs and loots and then runs away. Hmm. That's a great point to be made. Yeah. When everything breaks down and there's riots in the streets and it's bad. The police are going to be thinking two things. I need to protect my family. That's the first thing. And the second is, who's got my back? So when you call, they're not going to answer. They're going to be like, bro, you want me to leave my family and my friends right now in my fortified police department with guns to come to your house to fight some crazy crackpot? Ain't happening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good luck. Was it paranoia is a disease of the unarmed? Yes, I love that. We were talking about every time I die lyrics. Every time I die is great. <laughs> yes, great band. Go check it out. But it's a great, that's a great lyric. We're going to go to Super Chats. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends if you do like it, and head over to TimCast.com. Click join us, become, become a member, and support our work directly because this show is only possible thanks to viewers like you. When I was little, I, was, I would always hear that on PBS. They're like, this show is made possible in part by viewers like you. And then you yes. got to click the donate link. Yep. But uh, it really is. It really is. Uh, membership is basically how we run this whole thing. So uh, we greatly appreciate it. All right. Here we go. Quantum Strange Quark says, am I the first of the new year? Uh, uh, new year, new year, Timcast family is at a member. 33 months as a member. Wow. That is, uh, that makes you the first super chat of the new year. <laughs> we got balloons coming down yeah you can't see him there he goes in the corner shane h welder says tim leaves for a week and all hell breaks loose in the news cycle y'all deserved the break though welcome back yeah next year we already talked about it we're probably gonna do a big new year's bash where because it's on tuesday 
New Year's Eve will be a Tuesday. Yes. That's kind of weird, is it? I don't know, Tuesday. It's like a oof, day hmm. for it. Yeah. But uh, we'll probably take the next day off. But the plan is regular show Monday, uh, New Year's Eve, big jam, because uh, we're probably going to be at the new studio in a few weeks. I, I, I've seen the photos. They look amazing. It's so cool. I'm so excited. Yeah. Skate park is going to take a couple months, but the uh, the kitchen is done. The uh, new studio, which is for the new shows, is empty and needs it. But it's like the room is there. So now the studio, the the the, the, the art out. decoration build out for the, for the cameras is next. The new Timcast studio, same deal. It's done. The uh, construction, the the, the uh, set design and, and and studio building company is coming out in a couple weeks. Super excited. And uh, the green room, they the pictures of the bar. It's basically done. We just got to put a TV in it. Nice. And we're gonna get a nice little couch and like a little hangout area. There's a spiral staircase that goes to the ceiling. <laughs> That's amazing. So it's a forty foot tall building with a three story building inside of it. Hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we're getting really close to being there. And then we're going to slowly build up all the really awesome stuff. And we're going to do a big New Year's Eve jam for the next year, depending on what happens, I guess. It'll be pretty wild. But uh, that's the plan for next year. But anyway, as for the, the break, we had no choice. We were like going over the dates and I'm like, yo, nobody wants to fly out the week of Christmas. There's no question. After Christmas, nobody's getting on a plane and flying out to come on a show. There's potential locals. We could maybe do something. And then Democrats went nuts. Nikki Haley said the Civil War was about the government taking our freedoms. And I was like, wow. And then Maine pulled Trump off the uh, the, the ballot. And I was like, I knew Democrats would pull some BS. It's the one week I'm I'm off. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I went to, uh, we went to Barrow, Alaska first and hung out. And then we went to Anchorage and hung out. That was, that was cool. And then we went to Fairbanks. And as soon as we landed at Fairbanks, we get into the parking lot. It was minus 28. Aurora Borealis, massive, right wow. above us. Minus Huge. 28. Yeah, uh, we went dog sledding. And it was funny because at minus 28, within like five minutes, you've got icicles on your eyelashes. Jeez. Your beard is all white. I shaved afterwards. And um, my eyebrows were all covered in icicles because when you wow. breathe, the humidity collects wow. and slowly starts getting bigger and bigger. And then you got to like warm up and wipe it off. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I heard I heard from a reliable source that Alaska has the headquarters of where they make the fake clouds. Was that was that true? I don't know if so, you heard that uh, or not. Shane likes to jokingly say that clouds are fake. Jokingly. Jokingly. <laughs> and they have uh, probably a power plant. So there's steam coming out of the stacks, you know, relieving pressure or whatever, mm. or whatever it might be. I don't know. But the thing is, it was so cold, the, they stay. Mm -hmm. So you literally have, we always make the joke when you see the steam coming out of a power plant. It's like they're making clouds, but the steam dissipates. Not there. Huh. It's so cold. There's one big cloud and it goes right down from one building. You're like, wow, they really are making clouds. I'm, I've asked like, him. They're to, literally making yeah, clouds. I've asked though. him to, to drop me off at the headquarters next. That's, that's inverted world. And it was three. funny. I sent you that one video yeah. of it, but there was like 50 of those buildings. It's, it's like steam exhaust or something. I want to go down to the bottom of but this. But I know someone, there's a super chat asking about my restaurant review. I will elaborate when I read it because everyone's like, there was one bad review. All right. Jacob Parody says, stay sharp this year. Don't do anything stupid and don't get baited by the left. Here, here. Polly Pierce says, glad that Timcast is back. My favorite show. Thank you so much for watching the show. Appreciate it. Share with your friends. It's the most important thing. Um, we got to figure out. I, 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 we're not good at marketing. Um, I mean, like, it's actually not true. We're actually really good at it, but we don't do it effectively for what we're trying to do. So we're thinking of doing like a commercial on YouTube or something. You know, this show is successful in spite of YouTube. They suppress us and everybody knows this. They do goofy things with our thumbnails. They do goofy things with like the video not appearing. We get it. We get it. But um, I think we're gonna go for some conventional marketing. 
just, I don't know, we'll figure it out. Probably do a big YouTube campaign, just saying, come watch the show. Yeah, I wonder, you know, we'll just, we'll just, why not? Gotta do something. Zachary McCoy says, I'm near Des Moines. Where do I get a ticket? Do we know where the tickets are? Are, are they up yet? They, they might be. They might be up already. And they probably, they were they're, working they're, on as soon as, as, as soon as they go out, as soon as the tickets go up, they're getting sold out. Cause it's like 50, yeah. it's like 50 tickets. And, um, it's a, it's a small, it is a cozy event venue. I can't say too much because you'll get the info if you buy the tickets, but it's going to be like a very intimate setting where we're hanging out and doing the show. And so it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And we're going to, there are tickets, but we're going to be vetting the people who want to buy the tickets. So there's a strong possibility people in the audience will be asking questions and things like that, like a normal town hall. But I'll just stress because this was put together so quickly, I don't have all the details just yet. So I'm waiting to hear back. Yeah. Shane's uh, going to hear back on tickets. I think yeah. we announced it. Vivek announced it this morning and, uh, you know, so I'm like, well, my show's not until later. We'll announce it. But Vivek announced we're doing our town hall with him. And I got to be honest, I think we will get substantially more views on ours than CNN will. I, I think that's a given. Um, I think, well, you know, it's tough to say. To be fair, on any given night, we crush CNN in the key demo ratings handily, like five to 10x. It's, it's kind of really bad. Wow. Yeah. I mean, CNN gets nothing. They get like 70,000. We get like four or 500. Um, but they got Ron and Nikki. They might get a million. So they might, you know, do more than we would. But I think it'll be to a certain degree comparable, I guess. I guess the other issue, too, is it's going to be a multi-way GOP battle. You know, will people choose to watch the CNN debates or choose to watch the Vivek town hall that mm. we do? Or Trump's, you know, people might. Uh, uh, I wonder if there's any people out there who are even stuck between choosing DeSantis over Vivek. You know, uh, like what's it's, the crossover? It's, look, I think one of the reasons that people watched the previous debates was because of Vivek. Oh, for sure. He's 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 the 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 the, the Cajun spice thrown into the mm -hmm. mix. I got to be honest with you, man. When I went to Thailand, I told my friend I was like, I want real Thai food because I love Pad Thai. And he's like, Yeah, okay, man. You want real Thai food? Let me show you what it's all about. And he brings me to this uh, little restaurant. It's the corner of a street and it's got two big garage door like doors that open up. So it's like a patio almost. I sit down, he orders in Thai and guess what authentic Thai food is? Steamed chicken and rice. That's it. That's it. They bring out a bowl of rice and some steamed chicken. And I was like, it's good, but it's literally just steamed chicken and rice. That's funny. I went to Brazil and told my friend, I want some real Brazilian food. He's like, okay, I'll bring you to the place. And guess what it is? Steak. <laughs> beef and rice and i was like oh yep. you know the stuff that we eat here it's all like fake yeah so uh i forgot where i was going with that but that was what we were talking fancy about fancy food fancy I don't know where we were before that i don't know ron just, and nikki oh yeah crossover oh right 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 right, from right, right. And, and, and DeSantis. exactly that's where we were my point is this we like steak i think steak's fantastic like you give me a raw steak i'll annihilate i'll i'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll order a steak blue i don't care i hope there's no parasites in it but you know when you get a good like Cajun spice rub on your wings. Oh, come on. We love Cajun spice, don't we? Yeah. Uh, watching those debates with Vivek, I was just like, that. that's a guy who's good at podcasting. And those are people who are good at sound bites for Fox. You know, yep. and he was just running laps. It is, uh, it is interesting to listen to normies, you know, discuss their impression of, of Vivek because obviously he's not doing all that well in the polls. And I don't think that, there's a lot of people that say, oh, if it wasn't for Donald Trump, Vivek would be higher in the polls. And I don't know that I believe that. I like Vivek right. a lot. He's yeah. actually, I think that I'm going to probably vote for him in the uh, in the uh, primaries. Um, but I don't think that he, 
he connects with people the way that he connects with me, and I don't think that he connects with people the way that I wish he did. Yeah, right. Uh, and and but but I think Vivek is targeting the the new wave. Like, yeah, he's thinking forward. He's thinking ahead. He's ahead of the market on this one. Sure. So what is what is what is lacking? Who watches CNN? Okay, Tucker Carlson was getting three million People views per night. Not anymore. CNN's not in the airport oh, yeah. anymore. True. The 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 average age for these terrestrial cable channels is like sixty seven or yeah. seventy. Yeah, and that used to be the way to consume news. And now, for uh, even many of the uh, of of our uh, senior friends, they're watching shows like this. Mm. But the reason why we crush CNN in the key demo, because this is how young younger people are consuming media, social media, podcasts, not CNN. So when we look at CNN's ratings, that they're high, but when you look at their key demo ratings, they're in the gutter. Like seriously, like 70K on some of their shows, 70,000. They're a dinosaur. They're going the way of the newspaper. Nobody reads newspapers anymore. Nobody's going to be watching cable news. That's the next. And and I got to be honest, there'll come a time where people don't watch this show anymore. And it's going to be like, ah, it's for old people. Young people are all doing metaverse stuff. Who knows? Who knows? But for the time being, this is where the voting demo and the money demo is at. And CNN doesn't have it. Anyway, my point was, Watching Ron and Nikki will be like ordering steamed rice and steamed chicken. (laughs) It's like, it's food and you'd be happy to have it if there's nothing else. But you've also got Donald Trump on Fox News and Vivek Ramaswamy on Timcast. And with Donald Trump, you're talking about getting a gigantic, greasy, you know, mutton, you know, right there that you can just annihilate. It's in a big basket with French fries and you got the mayonnaise and you're like, this is going to be a meal. And then with Vivek, it's, it's like... A very perfectly planned out, like properly spiced, like Trump's the big burger, Big Mac. And and then Vivek is like perfectly seasoned. And, and, and you know what I mean? And then Ron and Nikki it's is such like. A, it's such a good metaphor chicken. for how the like the state of the GOP right now and how fractured and pathetic they are. You know that they their official debate with these two people, these two suits, no one's going to really care about. Obviously, it'll be a, a, some, an audience, but like then they have the former president. <laughs> having his thing and then vivek it's just they're so fractured um so that's it's gonna be interesting to see that play out it'll be interesting wargamer 2199 says jack posobiec and conservatives at large lately are embracing literal authoritarianism and in jack's case praising franco the former dictator of spain because he was christian and defender of it well it's a little bit more complicated than that Uh, mike cernovich has been praising franco as well the argument is that commies were like digging up the corpses of nuns and parading them and and littering the streets and things like that. The commies were doing a lot of really, really awful things. And so while certainly I'm not learned enough on Franco to make a statement there, I will point out it's not so simple to just say Jack and conservatives are embracing authoritarianism. I would say more so they're embracing counter communism to to, to the degree that they think strong a strong man should be imposed to to stop them there's a great book called homage to catalonia by george orwell basically he volunteered to fight on the side of the communists in spain and while fighting for them with them he realized he was on the wrong side and that revelation that's what leads to 1984 and animal farm the the commies were doing great evil and franco stood up against them and people being afraid of that or wary of that you know, sometimes it takes a man doing the the strong thing to fight back against these evil tyrants. If if Tim's uh, civil war scenario were to play out where lefties are going out with guns, you're going to want the federal government out there with guns against them. You're not going to want to have to do it with your it's, neighbors. It's not about want. It's just about, you know, so I watched the new Hunger Games movie and I got I to gotta say it's the prequel. I'm really, really surprised, actually. I know 
that the the, the big media uh, industries are failing. But man, was this movie poorly done. It was terrible. Yeah, it was like a made-for-home video movie almost. Like the costumes were bad. The pacing was bad. The scoring was bad. And I was kind of like, there's no character development. It's janky. It felt like a fan fiction made-for-home sequel. Like, you ever watch Home Alone 3? Oh, I... No. <laughs> so Home Alone 1 and 2 is like some burglars engage in shenanigans. Home Alone 3 is an international band of terrorists are trying to steal the missile codes. <laughs> and a little kid who's not Home Alone, in fact, his mom is there is stopping them wow. in, a much, in a similar way. And I'm like, wow, that's what it felt like. Wow. But anyway, there's a good point that was made at the end of the movie. Uh, spoilers, I don't care if you want to see the movie, it's a prequel. Uh, the game master of the Hunger Games asks uh, Snow, who goes on to become the president, what is the purpose of the Hunger Games? And he says, I used to think that it was punishment for the people who uh, you know, engaged in war against us. And then he was like, now I realize it's a reminder of what humans are and what they really are like. And so it's an interesting point. The purpose of the Hunger Games was to show people that when you're put into the arena, he said, I learned the whole world is an arena. And then just, and who are you? He goes, I'm the victor. And that's, a, that's actually a really great point that the average person doesn't understand that, that that fighting in the Hunger Games where you have people who are friends and then they're like, only one can survive. And they immediately try to kill each other. The only reason we don't have that is because we have security. We have military. We have security forces. So I'll tell you this. It's not about want. In the event civil war happens, people will cry and they will beg, beg for authoritarianism. They will, they will beg and pray that a strong man would rise up and just take control because security and is better than, than, than panic, fear, and chaos. People would rather have safe authoritarianism than to be shaking, not knowing when someone's going to kick their door in and kill their family. But this is the point. When authoritarianism gets to the point where you never know if the government is going to kick your door in and kill you, they collapse. That's what I think a key contributor to the fall of the Soviet Union is the authoritarianism. If the authoritarianism is strictly focused at your communist enemies like Spain, people are going to cheer. But as soon as that government turns inward and now you fear them, destabilization occurs once again because nobody feels secure anymore. In a civil war, you feel secure when government forces attack the enemy and protect your home. As soon as that government starts locking up your friends and neighbors, the security is gone. Destabilization happens. So right now for the Franco stuff, I think what they're really saying is they need a strong man to come and crush the commies. We'll that, see. So th this is, that's a real bad problem because the, the solution to communism is not fascism and it's not authoritarianism. It's liberalism. It is the system that we have moved away from and allowed people to corrupt. It is the restoration of Democrats in America behaving as if they are liberals and not the installation of an authoritarianism from the right. That is the exact opposite of what you want to happen because what you get is authoritarianism for the, on the right for a little while, but that swing is going to end up with the communists rising up and you'll end up with a state that is empowered that the communists just take over. And so all the apparatus right. that it needs, yeah. just like we had with the yeah. GWAT, with the global war on terror, you've got this in this gigantic intelligence apparatus that is literally a 
global and it was designed to find one person. Yeah. And once we found him, all they did was start turning the, that same apparatus inward. And that's why you have <clears throat> the government literally focusing on Americans as the enemy. Right. All right. Thunderclap says, why was it one out of 10, Tim? I just downloaded Twix yesterday and that was your the first tweet I saw. Okay. So uh, I did a tweet where I broke down all the restaurants we went to in Alaska and I gave them scores. And one of them got a one out of 10 and one of them got a six out of 10. And everyone said that it was a dig at Snow City Cafe in, uh, I believe it's in Anchorage, um, because I gave them one out of 10. Uh, I gave all these restaurants ratings because I was rating the restaurants that we went to because we went to like two every day, breakfast and dinner. And uh, so let's just, uh, let's run through this real quick. Very simply. We went to Osaka and Barrow. Dude, it is so cool eating in, in Barrow slash Udgakvik or whatever, because it's like a dude's house. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a small, small place. There's no way to get there other than plane or boat. And so there's a Japanese restaurant and I got grilled pork belly and uh, sushi. The sushi was like really fresh. I mean, considering the oceans right there and uh, it was delicious. Service was really, really great. Being in the middle of nowhere and minus, it was like minus 20 or like minus 10. I think it was Jeez. when we were there. Uh, it, it was awesome. So I gave, I think I gave them like an eight out of 10 or a nine out of 10. Top of the world was uh, it's a hotel and restaurant. Guy was super cool to us. We got to sit in a big booth, brought us coffee. We had reindeer sausage. Hmm. Uh, Allison got the reindeer scramble, had a great time. We went to Sam and Lee's, which we were told is the place to go. And the guy who served us was kind of short with us. He spilled my coffee, but gave it to me anyway. He made a hot chocolate for us that one of our guys didn't want to drink because he said it was like just brown and water and it wasn't particularly good. Um, the woman who was working there was super nice to us. So I kind of feel bad giving him a six out of 10, but... Uh, we ordered crab rangoon and it was kind of burned. And I was just like, look, man, if it was in New York, I honestly would say don't go there. But it's in Barrow, Alaska, and you don't have options is actually pretty good. Now, I got to be honest, the soup was really good. The pork belly was super good. The guy was a little short with us. It's fine. We're not locals. But a six out of 10, meaning if you're there, you definitely got to go there. We went to uh, Anchorage. And as soon as we landed, we went to Sullivan's. And that was awesome. Uh, we got there right when they were closing, but they served us anyway. Super nice people. I got a Caesar salad. It was incredible. Fre uh, they made me a, a French onion soup with no bread, just how I like it. Wow, nice. uh, other people had the burgers, had a great time. And uh, one of the guys who worked there was a big fan. And so I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, I'll also add that we went to Barrow. I got recognized several times. <laughs> it's just totally wild to me. Crazy. We were told to go to Snow City Cafe in the morning. It's the place to be. So we did. And I put my name on the list. And we waited for 15 minutes as they sat several other people in front of us to where I finally asked, is, is there a reason you're seating other guests in front of us? And she said, oh, they, they, other people can text to get, wait, you know, to, to come in. And I'm like, no, 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 there's nobody here. We're standing in the lobby for 15 minutes waiting for a seat. There's nobody here. And the list has only my name on it. So one of two things happened. Someone texted, they wanted to be on the list. And then showed up 15 minutes after we had already been waiting and they chose not to seat us because someone had texted. So they were not going to let us sit down until the person texted got in. That makes no sense. Someone walked in after we'd already signed up. We're waiting for 10 minutes and they, I'm standing by this thing. They have a sign up thing and they were like, oh, are you in line? I'm like, oh, no, no, we're signed up already. You can sign up. They sign up. A minute later, the lady walks up and says, right this way and brings them to a seat. Dang. A group of four. We were a group of four. And I'm like, well, you know. Maybe something happened. I'm not, you know, but after the third time or whatever, I was just like, is there a reason you're not seating us? And they were just like, well, people can text in. What's your name? And I'm like, I'm going to go somewhere else. Because my attitude is like, 
if they know who I am and they don't like me and they don't want me to sit there, the last thing I'm gonna do is gonna eat their food. Yeah. Not interested. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, shout out to Borealis Base Camp in uh, Fairbanks. That was really great. We went to Gwenny's instead. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, one of our guys ordered a uh, hot chocolate and it's this massive bucket of hot chocolate with a mountain of whipped cream. And the server was walking up with it, knowing we were tourists, holding back a smile. <laughs> and as soon as she puts it down and we all go, whoa, she just cracks that big old smile because she knew that, that hot chocolate was gonna, Gwenny's was awesome. And uh, a good, good time. And also shout out to Latitude 65 at Boreal Space Camp. Uh, the people who worked there also were fans and we got to eat some of the best food ever, Wagyu, it was just really, really amazing. She do a so, TimCast Yelp. We just review yeah. things. But let me just stress this. The reason why I gave Snow City Cafe a one out of 10 was not because I'm mad at them, because I don't like them. Their food was bad, none of that. People were like, how could you give them, like, how did you give this one restaurant a good rating in your tweet? Because, and I'm like, because it's not just about the food. Like the chairs were comfortable. The people were nice. You could have the worst food in the world, but be the coolest people and have like video games, poker and Magic the Gathering. I'm yeah. giving you a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, I don't want to eat anywhere else. But uh, Snow City Cafe was just, we didn't get to eat the food. We waited a long time. They were uh, rude to us when I asked and we ended up getting nothing out of it. So it was just like in terms of comfortability, zero, food quality, zero, everything, zero, wait time, zero. And I give it a one because it looked cool, I guess, you know. <laughs> it made me laugh when I saw it. I, I know the six out of 10 was there, but it was just like all these good reviews and then just one, one out of 10. <laughs> like, what the hell happened I mean, I, 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 everyone, yeah, you know, it happens, but uh most of we only chose places that were good oh we went to um was it simon and seifert's magic i gotta recommend that place in anchorage because if you go there right at sunset which is like i don't know 2 30 3 p.m the horizon is red for like mm. 40 minutes wow. and you can see the mountains in the water mm. and you get that seat it's amazing and the food is super good i got a cocktail that was like in this dome thing and they lift it off and vapors come out and they Whoa. waft the vapors at you. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what an experience. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, Alaska was really, really awesome. I, I love Alaska. Thanks everybody for listening to my, why Alaska was so much fun. <laughs> Our next we, event will be in Alaska now. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> we actually were thinking it would be really cool to do a show during the Iditarod mm. and use Starlink and see if we can get Starlink to like, get us a, a multiple units and then bond them to do a live show Whoa. from Nome, Alaska to make the point that with Starlink is possible. Cause when we were in Ukiakvik, there's like, there's self-service, there's AT&T, uh, but they use Starlink, it's all satellite. So for me, there's GCI and AT&T that I think work in Ukiakvik. T-Mobile doesn't work. There's not, there, I don't think there's anything else, hmm. but they, they do have Starlink. So all the places got it immediately. And I'm like, that's the place to do it. Wow. So Nome is a town of like 3,000 people. It's where that did around ends. It would be super cool to go out there for a week and then have all these Starlinks bonded. So we're getting high speeds to do a live show from incredible. Alaska. Yeah. And I'm like, it's cool to go there in the summer. And I really want to go there in the summer when it's permanent day. And we need an excuse to do it. But it would be really cool if I could be like, hey, Elon, we want to show how awesome Starlink is. Can we like, you know, get something going on? That's a great idea. You, I bet yeah. you would. I mean, just think about how amazing it's like Starlink can bring you live shows from the far reaches. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? From it anywhere makes, in the world. Yeah. yeah, you could you could live in the middle. You could live in, in the middle of nowhere in Alaska and do a live show with Starlink. Yeah. And that's crazy because, I mean, look, we make a lot of money doing this show. If someone in Alaska launched a political show using Starlink 
and started generating millions of dollars. Imagine how much they could develop in Alaska. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. We got Seth Weathers. Super chat. He says, just wanted to say, sorry, not sorry. Calendar emoji. <laughs> Yo, calendar gate was wild. <laughs> I love that. Mike Cernovich, I think it was. He was like. The de Republicans are complaining about a calendar while yeah. Democrats just removed Donald Trump from the ballot in Maine. That's the best way to <laughs> conceptualize this whole thing. Like yeah. the, the Republicans were fighting over a calendar while the, the Democrats were removing the leading presidential candidate from the ballot. I, I understand that there are people that have, you know, serious religious convictions. Shut the hell up with this stupid shit. You're being stupid. And you're screwing everybody else. And that's probably going to get a lot of people upset. Dude, with me, but it's I'm, true. I'm like on vacation and I'm seeing these tweets about like <clears throat> Josie. And yeah. they're like, it's demonic that she's, I'm like, what? She's wearing a sundress and apron and she baked a pie. I'm like, isn't that as wholesome as it can be? It's so ridiculous. Like, no, she's showing her legs. And so I tweeted, dear God, Josie, cover those ankles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one, no, no one, I think any, no one real cares, but whatever. People are pointing out that minus 10 is warm. Yeah, I, it was. I'm from Chicago. So when we landed, I was like, I, I thought I was going to have to like wear m crazy layers. And I was like, oh, minus 30, I did. Minus 30 was like, okay, I'm going to put on some thermals. But uh, Chicago, when it was uh, zero degrees out, I'd wear shorts. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm, this is not an exaggeration. In Chicago, in winter, it's zero. I would put on shorts and a t-shirt and then I would go skate. Because the moment I go outside, I'm still warm from inside. I start pushing my board down the street. I start sweating my ass off. By the time I get to my friend's house, I'm inside again. So I just be like, dude, if I wore a coat and pants, I'd be drenched. So uh, we get to uh, Borealis Base Camp in Fairbanks. And it was like minus 20 in Fairbanks, which, but it's like, it's in like a pocket, I guess. So we get there, we're going to go snowmobiling. They call it snow machines. And uh, I was kind of worried. I'm like, it's going to be, we have to bundle up, you know? And then I look, I'm like, it's feeling fine it was five degrees i was like oh dude five degrees i took my jacket off <laughs> no for real i was like five no question all right everybody if you haven't already would you kindly smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends and uh head over to timcast.com click join us become a member because this show is made possible thanks to viewers like you uh i really do mean it this is how we uh, basically make everything function and operate while ads do play a role the main component of how we get everything done is that people send to become members and you can join the Discord server. And I will not, I cannot stress enough. There is nothing better. You, you can name any other membership that you can buy from any other podcast or commentator, but nothing beats the Discord server. Why? Because you have 24-7 like-minded individuals and people to debate and argue with. You have a space to hang out in that keeps the conversation going forever to your degree of participation. So a lot of these other guys that we were friends with, they'll be like, join our you know, program, our membership, our club, and you can watch these shows and these special things. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, we have the members only show we're launching in a minute or so. Definitely a good reason to sign up. But the best reason is that we're building community, we're building culture, and uh, we got a lot of stuff we're working on. So let me just say this. When you become a member at TimCast.com, you're not just buying access to Discord. You are investing in our cultural endeavors. You're investing in our efforts to build the Cast Brew Coffee Shops and Cast Brew Coffee. You're investing in our endeavors to go to the Iowa caucus so we can do this show. Let me let me tell you guys something. For us to do this show in Iowa is likely going to cost $100,000. And we just spend the money to do it. We don't have to. I could just sit in this room and we can book whoever we want and stay here and not travel anywhere and spend it to $0. But the point is, 
thanks to your support as members, we can go and do a town hall with Vivek Ramaswamy. We can go and cover the caucus on caucus day and be there live with the podcast there, all thanks to you guys who are members. So for you, it may be, it may be just $10. But if a million people signed up, which we certainly don't have a million subscribers, not like the Daily Wire, we could, we could do exponentially greater and more powerful things. So consider it. Uh, I already said smash the like button and you can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me personally at Timcast. Andrew, do you want to shout anything out? I got a couple of shout outs. Number one, uh, when Alex Jones came back to Twitter, uh, Jason Calacanis of the All In podcast was very upset about it. And then he started saying, who could say good things about Alex Jones? Well, Jason Calacanis, uh, without Alex Jones, there would have been no President Donald Trump, most likely, who saved the First and Second Amendment uh, with his election of Supreme Court, uh, with his uh, nomination of Supreme Court justice. So Jason Calacanis would love to talk to you on your show. Uh, you're so upset that Alex has his free speech back. Talk to Alex or talk to me. And I'm so happy to announce alexjonesgame.com. Fight the New World Order yourself as Alex Jones. Defeat the globalists. Kill the gay frogs. Go to alexjonesgame.com right now. It's the most fun game of the year. People said game of the year, game of the decade. Not joking. And tomorrow it is live on Steam. So alexjonesgame.com. A couple other things. Uh, I was at the... Uh, Amfest in Phoenix, and I ran into a legend named Richard Gage. When people would talk about 9 11 as an inside job, they'd talk about Alex Jones and they'd talk about Richard Gage, who put his career on the line, speaking out as one of the architects and engineers for 9 11 Truth. I brought one of his pamphlets, The Truth About Building Seven, What Happened. Richard Gage, uh, American legend. I hope he gets a chance to sit in this seat one day. And uh, yeah. I'm finally back on Twitter. Alex Jones is back on Twitter. You can follow me, twitter.com slash TheAndrewMeyer. And uh, I have a gift. I didn't get to see Tim at Christmas, but uh, I have some alpha it's jerky. good stuff. I have some alpha jerky for Tim. This is salt and pepper, no soy, no seed oils, no sugar at BigClubUSA.com. We are back in stock. Your orders are going out. Alpha jerky. This is for Tim. Thank Merry you, Christmas. And uh, thank you for having me back on the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. We'll have you in the members only. So let me try and grab this jerky right here. This is good stuff because there's nothing in it. There's no BS. That's what it's all about. That's right. No BS. I am a Phil That Remains on Twix. I'm Phil That Remains Official on Instagram. The band is all that remains. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, Amazon Music, YouTube, you know, the internet. Shane. I am at Shane Cashman at all those places online. You can find me. I talk about fake clouds a lot. And uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate everyone tuning in. Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, happy new year. Uh, I am happy to be back in the show. It was a lot of news this last week. Uh, it's been fun to be away, but I'm really happy to be back. Yo. Happy to see you guys as well. Happy new year. See you guys on the after show. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Cheers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.